0: We're going to go back and we're going to start from Surah Al-A'raha, verse number 26. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanirajim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ya Bani Adama, kan anzalna alaykum libaasin yuwaari sawatikum warisha. Wa libaasu taqwa, Zalika khair, zalika min ayatillahi laalluhum yadhakkaroon. All right. First from verses numbers 20 to 28 of Surah Al-Araf, there is mention once again of the story of Sayyidina Adam salam and Iblis and Sayyidina hawar As I mentioned to you before, that part of the story had been done already in Surah Baqarah, verses number 34 to 39. Here we had this incident of the tree. Now there's lots of discussion in the books of Tafsir exactly about the nature of this tree. So I'm going to sort of combine all of them and give you one or two aspects of that discussion. First thing is that I already mentioned to you that they were first all in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala made Iblis exit or he was expelled from the divine presence, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have access to Jannah. And Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and Sayyidina Tahawa were placed into Jannah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them that they should not go near this particular tree which means that they should not eat from the fruit of the tree. But just like Allah SWT Qur'an has addressed believers, لا that don't go near زنا, don't go near sin. So it meant don't go near the tree on it. Right. And like I mentioned, many, many years have passed. Different There's no definitive, def, definitive position as to how many years have passed. Decades, centuries, millennia, Allah knows best. But a long time has passed. After that long time, then Iblis comes, and this is what we had done before, فَوَسْوَسَ اللَّهُمَ shaitan. So in verse 20, this is where it begins, that shaitan does a waswasa to them. And later then he did a custom to them, he took an oath that indeed I am amongst your well-wishers, I'm amongst your, I'm a nasih, I'm your well-wisher and I'm giving you advice. What did he tell them? Well, he told them that number one, that you will, if you eat from this tree, right, then what will happen? Antakuna تَكُونَ You will become angels. وَتَكُونَ مِنْ الْخَالِدِينَ And or you will dwell in Jannah forever. So you will become angels, you will be immortal, you will dwell in Jannah forever. Some of the commentators say that basically what the impression that Iblis gave them was that this was initially prohibited for you. Because at that time you may not have been ready for this or you were newly entered into Jannah. But now that you have lived in Jannah for decades or centuries or millennia, now it is extremely appropriate for you to eat from this tree. In other words, he convinced Sayyidina Adam that the prohibition no longer applied. The prohibition no longer applied. Now when they ate from the tree when they ate from the tree, then what happened? They lost their libas. So one of the Mufassir has mentioned in this way that this was the feature of that tree. This is actually why Allah SWT told them not to eat from that tree. That whoever eats from that tree, they lose the libas of Jannah. Second is that they lost the libas of Jannah because due to their mistake, they were going to be now removed from Jannah and placed on earth. So now they lost all the bounties and blessings of Jannah. One of which includes... Wearing the libas of Jannah, so actually, what it means is that. So one view is that eating from the tree, the effect of that tree is that you lose the libas of Jannah. Second view is that eating from that tree, when they did what Allah SWT told them not to do, then they became Allah Taala made the mahroom of all of the pleasures and barakat and blessings and bounties of Jannah, one of which was that libas. So that was salb, salb nimah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took back those blessings, and one apparent blessing was that of Jannah. Then what I had mentioned to you yesterday, there are two views concerning that. Because one view, okay, let me do the one I didn't tell you yesterday. One view mentions that yesterday, uh, one view is that no, they were uh, spouses, in the sense that they were mating in Jannah. Now if they were prior to this, Interacting and being intimate as husband and wife, then if they were to become unclothed, well, since they have already been interacting with husband and wife and since there is nobody else around in Jannah, this is not such a shocking thing that would prompt such a uh, shocking response. So the answer that those Mafasrūn give who take the position that they had been previously meeting was that this was not the occasion to be unclothed. So that means that even the lesson is that even a husband and wife Uh, who may, if they have been intimate with one another, would not be shocked or embarrassed at such a situation. But it shows that the adab of the haya of an insan is that even that uh, there's a particular occasion on which a person is unclothed. And if a person becomes unclothed when it's not the proper occasion to be unclothed, even then the person will be embarrassed and feel haya. And therefore they scurried and they grabbed leaves off from the trees and they started covering themselves up with the leaves. The second view was what I had mentioned to you, right, yesterday, was that other mufasirun of the opinion that they had, they were mate, they were pairs, zod, they were pairs, that Amma was the pair of Sayyidina Adam, but they only actually become physically intimate and mate when they are placed on earth. At that point, they were not actually engaging in any relations with one another, and therefore, prior to that, they had always been clothed in the libas of Jannah, so it was actually the very first time that they had been naked in their lives, right? And remember, I've explained elsewhere, I don't think I've ever explained to this group before, but I did mention it, that Sayyidina Adam, remember, he never had a childhood. He was never a boy. He started out as a man. And same thing for Sayyidina Havar, she had no childhood. She was never a girl. She started out as a woman. So even that process of coming of age... So a person who is born in this world, then they're born, so they're one day old, right? And then they attain physical maturity, emotional maturity, spiritual maturity. And there's this particular process by which they attain physical maturity called puberty. Sayyidina Adam and Ammar didn't have any such process. This was the process for them. So that moment was their quote-unquote coming of age when, then they, when they were unclothed and they re, it was the first time that they were ever unclothed and then they realized and they experienced this feeling of desire. That was that tafsir that some of the mashayikh of the sawaf also give that prior to this point they were entirely lost in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it was that love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that desire to be angels because they had a lot of respect for angels. Now remember here by this point Sayyidina Adam has not been a nubuah has not been bestowed upon him, has not been conferred upon him, because we did earlier that the anbiya are greater than the malaika. But at this point, he's not yet a nabi. He's not yet nubuah has not been conferred upon him, so he looks and views the malaika to be greater than him. And in all likelihood, from what else we know about the angels and hadith, that the angels come and go as they please, at least some of them, some suggest all of them, certainly some of them, come and go as they please into the divine realm, into the divine presence. They speak with Allah Taala, they receive communication from Allah Taala. So until Sayyidina Adam is a Nabi and then he himself starts getting wahi, at this stage, prior to his nubuah, prior to his wahi, for him the angels would seem to be a superior Creation and so that is why he aspired and wanted to be one of the angels and he also wanted to live in Jannah forever now another thing that the further the Mashaik will mention is that because they had to be placed on earth and To put somebody on earth who is absolutely lost in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That would be like a punishment earth would be like a Jahannam for such a person and indeed That's why you find right that those mu'mineen who are extremely in, extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Earth is like a prison. And that's exactly what Sayyidina Rasulullah said in the Sahih Hadith. A dunya mumin That this world and the life of this world and the material world is a prison for the believer. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to do was had to give him and her some drop or element or beginning or opening or horizon of tawajju ila ghirullah that they had to have some awareness and noticing and interest in ghirullah before they could be placed on earth because otherwise it would have been a zulm to place them on earth when all they were completely fanafillah. So that was this then occasion that when so them being naked is meant to be understood literally that they lost their clothing but the haya they felt and the reason they scurried for their leaves is they felt some attraction from one another. And now, all of a sudden, they have now, in addition to love for Allah they have now some feeling which was halal because they were husband and wife, right? But they have a feeling for Ghairullah. So these are the different uh, aspects of this tafsir about uh, them eating from the tree and losing the clothing thereof. Also, another thing that some of the mashaikh of the Sallabh mentioned is that Allah Taala had to make a sabab a quote-unquote bahana, because otherwise, even though he had said, in جَاعَلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ Khalifa that indeed, I am going to place on earth my vice-regent, my deputy, my representative, the embodiment of my will and command and wish and pleasure, after placing Sayyidina Adam in Jannah, to remove him from Jannah and put him on earth would be against the karam of Allah, would be against his infinite generosity, would be against his attributes, would be against his adil and his justice. So there had to be some sub by means of which some sabab means some means some cause bahana means some excuse some process by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could place Sayyidina Adam away out of Jannah and on this earth without it being against the dictates of his generosity and his bounty so this was that process right so it means that actually what Iblis did was not something that was against the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in this sense you can say that it was very much part of the divine plan and him whispering and confusing and deluding and misguiding Sayyidina Adam was the process that led to that sabab of them being placed on earth. Alright. So we just translate now this I verse 26. So O children of Adam, so now this is addressed to Bani Adam and now you're going to see this and you have seen it once or twice before. So this is another way the Quran refers to humanity. Anas, Insan and Bani Adam. And Bani Adam is a term right obviously first indicating that we are all descendants of Sayyidina Adam al Islam, but it's also mentioned that there are going to be certain common traits common to humanity and there are going to be certain injunctions that are common to humanity. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that it's part of our humanity that Allah Ta'ala has sent down onto us clothing and garments. Yuwadi So that number one, what is the first purpose of libas, is to cover our private parts to guard our modesty to guard our chastity. That is why then all such fashion that is designed to expose a person, right? Then that means that, that in the Qur'anic definition of Qur'anic humanism, such fashion would be viewed as inhumane. Inhumane. Alright? Second, وَرِشَ and as a beauty and as an adornment. So the second purpose of Labas is indeed a beauty and an adornment. Alright? Well الْتَقْوَى الخير, But however the Allah Ta'ala then immediately mentions that in addition to the physical garments and clothing, you also need to adorn yourself with characteristics, with spiritual characteristics, and the best spiritual characteristic to adorn yourself and enclose yourself and encircle yourself in is taqwa. Right, that we did for you. inna Allah SWT says in the Quran, indeed the most honored of you in the eyes of Allah are the ones who have the most taqwa. The rapt here also is that what is that attribute that is going to keep a person clothed? What is that attribute that's going to make sure that even the physical attribute of libas, which is guarding modesty and chastity, is going to be there, the spiritual attribute of taqwa. That person who has taqwa is not going to let themselves be unclothed, unclothed literally, and unclothed also figuratively, that they're going to physically conceal, right, those organs, and they're also going to Guard those organs against any immodesty and any lack of chastity. So that is the here. That is why taqwa is being mentioned here as well. And it was, in fact, their taqwa of Sayyidina Adam and Sayyidina Hamdan that made them scurry and hurry and to gather those leaves because they actually were showing, they were the embodiment of this human feeling that a person would always want to be clothed at all times. And this shows you, right, so this other word that exists in the English language, uh, you know, it shows you that the Quran is say- not just saying that this is against Sharia. Quran is saying that this is inhuman, and this is this whole notion of nudity and nudism, right? And you have movie ratings, and you have a whole world of media that is centered around this concept. So all of that, partial, incomplete, complete, etc., all of that is extremely against Islam now you will see then any exposure of any flesh which Allah Taala wishes to be concealed is also against taqwa whether that be the fas- revealing fashions of today whether they call it capri, they call it midriff they call it short sleeve they call it netto whatever it is they're all precursors they're mubadiyat they are things from the same kabila, from the same line of this type of nudity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning to be something that is wrong and Qur'an So I will give you one hadith that has been narrated by Imam muslim Imam muslim and is Sahih. And he mentions that the hadith is about two groups. I'm just going to mention one group that is here. The Sayyidina Rasulullah that I've seen, two groups that are inevitably destined for hell. One of those groups were who those women who will be naked despite wearing clothes. Now, Jeep, when you read hadith like this, you can really see the hujiyat, uh, in the time of the Prophet there is no such concept, right? But today, anyone who knows anything about fashion knows that this is actually what much of fashion is actually geared towards, those women who will be naked despite wearing clothes, right? which means very revealing attire. That is the English word that they will use for this. So what did the Prophet some say? So first he said that, that was one of the two groups destined for hell. And then he said that these women will not enter Jannah, nor will they s- even smell the fragrance of Jannah. Uh, nor will they even smell the fragrance of Jannah. All right. So in that sense, we can take this ayah as the first ayah on this topic of covering, which we will keep doing whenever it comes in Quran Al-Karim, particularly for women, but also for men. All right. And all of you know that. Uh, basically a lot of women's dress and attire and fashion and makeup and etc. is actually geared towards this, right? To, to reveal their beauty, even if they may appear to be concealed, right? To display and reveal their beauty and adornment. So this is something that Sayyidina Rasulullah has forbidden, and the Deen of Islam is forbidden for women to do in front of their non-mahram men. In all ladies gathering, that is something separate. In front of their father, son, brother, that is something separate, right? Okay. Ya mani Adam, O oh, 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 children of Sayyidina Adam Alayhi salam, لا يفتننكم الشيطان كما أخرج أبوائكم من الجنة that do not let Shaitan induce, seduce you or entice you, literally يفتنن, means do not let him put you into fitna, do not let him put you in that trial and tribulation. كما Akhraja أبوائكم just in the matter in which he expelled or caused your two parents to exit from Jannah, Huma. So does it doesn't mean that he literally did this, but he in, deceived them and put them in some fitna that resulted in, right, the removal of the clothing from the two of them. لِيُرِيَهُمَا So that shaitan could show them. Literally, it's actually Huma So that shaitan may show them Hima Their private parts. It's this part then where the Mufasrain have taken that group that they had not seen this before. Which means they had always been clothed. They had always been in the libas of Jannah. إِنُّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ So this we did for yesterday. Indeed, Shaitan, he sees you, him and his kind. مِنْ هَيْثُ From such a place where you are not able to see them. So that is his parallel plane of existence or parallel dimension that Shaitan and the Shaitin from the Jinn are able to see human beings but you are not able to see them. إِنَّا جَأَلْنَا الشَّيَاتِينَ أَوْلِيَاءَ لِلَّذِينَ and indeed Allah is saying in Qur'an that we have made and appointed all of the shayateen as awliya, as intimate friends and companions for those people who don't have iman. Because the, those who are allatheena yu'minun, those who have iman, Allah Taala has appointed Himself as their wali. Allahu amanu as Allah Taala said in Qur'an. وَإِذَا فَأَلُوا فَاحِشَةً and when they commit any indecency, indec- immorality, do any lewd act, they fail to guard their chastity and their modesty. قَالُوا What do they say? وَجَدْنَا عَلَيْهَا That we found our fathers, to, forefathers to be doing exactly this practice. Wallahu amanana بِهَا And they further say that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to do so. Here Allah SWT is referring to another foul practice of the mushrikeen of Makkah and, and that is they used to often find themselves in situations in which they were unclothed. They even used to make tawaf of the Kaaba unclothed. And when they were told that, what are you doing? They used to say, our forefathers used to do this. And I said, now why are your forefathers to do this? Because they said that Allah Ta'ala wants us to make tawaf and to worship in such a way. so say to them, my beloved Nabi Akreem, sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, inna bil fasha. That know that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never and can never and never did ever command you to do any lewd act of indecency and immorality and immodesty. Atuquluna اللَّهِ mala لَا And do you attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which you have no knowledge of whatsoever? Do you claim that Allah wa Ta'ala has said something when you have no basis or evidence for doing so? Doing so Qul say to the mind of your صلى الله عليه وسلم ربي, that my Rabb has commanded. In other words, what is it that Allah تبارك has commanded? let me tell them so Sayyidina Salaam says let me tell you what it is that Allah SWT has commanded Amar rabbi that my Rabb has commanded us to do what and all of humanity to do what bilkisti, right to establish justice to be just number one meaning of justice here is to leave shirk do not attribute Ghairullah to Allah number two meaning of justice that don't unjustly fabricate lies and invent words and attribute them to Allah SWT well next meaning of uh, justice is uh, that to leave shirk in your worldly life, right, don't have place, غير in the same maqam or give them the same status as Allah SWT, that would be unjust, that would be unjust. وَاَقِمُوا in the كُلِّ masjid. And second thing that Allah SWT has commanded is that, that every human being should, it literally means that you should set your faces straight and aright but it means that you should orient your faces, and you here can also be Kanai that you should orient your faces, orient your very beings to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the kulli masjid. Masjid, for those of you who studied sarf, this can be zarf maqan makan or zarf zaman If it's zarf maqan makan means at the place of every sajda. And if it's zarfiz zaman, it means at the occasion, at the time of every sajda. means every time or every place where you do sajda. And sajda can also just in general mean ibadah. You should be doing it only and only for Allah SWT. You should be completely aware and oriented towards Him and completely remembering Him. وَدْءُهُ And you should call upon Allah SWT, مُخْلِسِينَ الدِّينَ Complete, incomplete, such that you are completely sincere regarding Him when. In, in, in every aspect of your deen. What does it mean that when you make dua, when you make ibadah, you should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only and only for His sake and only and only to earn His pleasure. مُخْلِسِينَ الدين, Absolutely pure from any other intention, any other goal, any other objective. Then Allah says, Kama And know that indeed as you were initially created, as you began, which means as you were initially created, udun. So shall you all be made to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is also, Nabiya can explain to them because this is something the Mushrukin of Makkah denied. They denied life, life after death. They denied resurrection. So this is indicating that they will certainly surely be resurrected as you originally were, as you were originally created. So, Such you will be returned. All, all of you will be returned to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Farikan hada, farikan hada, Fariqan hada. That there is a group that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has guided them. Wa farikan haka dalala, and there is another group upon which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has established dalala. Allah Taala has made misguidance their feature; that they are misguided and they are astray. إِنَّهُمَ اتَّخَدُوا الشَّيَاتِينَ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ And those are the people who have indeed taken the shayateen, Shaitan, his minions, his agents, his deputies, as awliya'ah, as patrons, benefactors, intimate friends, companions, those whom they wish to follow, those who they yearn to please, those whom they listen to, they listen to shayateen, against, instead of what? مِنْ اللَّهِ Instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مِنْ اللَّهِ In place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright. وَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ And they used to think of themselves, they used to consider themselves, they figured themselves to be muhtadun, people who were actually rightly guided. Whereas indeed they were far astray. Ya بَنِي آدَمُ ya بَنِي آدَمَ Again, O oh, children of Adam خُزُو زِينَتَكُمْ the kulli masjid That you should wear your fine clothing at each and every masjid, so at each and every place of prostration, each and every occasion of prostration. This number one, right, was uh, rad or rebuttal of the mushrikeen, as I mentioned to you, that they used to instead, when they would go to Kama, and they would engage in their ibadah, and they would do tawaf, they would do so naked. By the way, the mufassirin mentioned also, this was also shaitan, it tricked them. Tricked them, and they mentioned two things here. Number one, that they thought, That just like, remember, they didn't complete the construction of Kaaba because they didn't want to use money that was acquired from unlawful sources. So they felt that they shouldn't do tawaf in clothes in which they have sinned. And because they had sinned in every type of clothing they had, therefore did the tawaf naked. But they did it thinking it to be a virtue. And this is how shaitan basically diverted people in historical communities and led them to false beliefs and all types of weird religions, making them think that that was virtue. So they actually thought that virtue lay... In doing tawaf unclothed because you shouldn't wear any clothing, do any ibadah in clothing in which you sin. And they have sinned in every piece of clothing they had. Second is that another view that some of the professor mentioned is that they felt, the view of the mushrikeen, is they felt that if we do tawaf without clothes, then at the end of the tawaf Allah will make us without sin. So this was a twisted, demented, absurd abnormal understanding that they have. So one is that Allah Ta'ala is responding to them in this ayah, Ya bani adama, khudhu zinatukum the kulli masjid, that you should wear your fine clothing and adorn yourself with the libas in every place and occasion of prayer. Also however, because it's Qur'an al-Kareem and read by mu'mineen, so the mu'mineen have taken this so that whenever a person goes to the masjid, they should make niyat that they want to do amal on this ayah, khudhu zinatukum. Our own shaykh explained this to us many, many years ago in 1995 or 1996, that the minimum that a person can do is put a few drops of itar on their clothing and they should put some oil on their beard and make niyat that by these two things they're doing amal on this ayah, khuzoo in the kulli masjid. That's why you will see, you know, molvies they have their itar and their oil, right? And they're always dashing and splashing it before they go to the masjid. So they're doing amal on this ayah. Actually, doing Amal on this ayah, right? Okay. And certainly, right. Uh, all of you know many, many hadith about jima and that you should wear your finest clothing and your best clothing, etc., etc. Right? This maybe give me another exa- give another example for the young uh, college, university crowd. When you wake up for fajr, try not to pray fajr in your night suit and pajamas, but try to switch into some slightly better clothing and try to make to Allah subhanahu wa taala wearing that. Just like you would not go into a meeting. With any human being wearing your night suit and pajamas... You should not try to do sajda... In your meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... In your night suit and pajama... At the same time... If you are so tired... That you can only pray fajr in such a way... Then at the same time maybe Allah ta'ala... Will smile upon you... The same way we smile upon them... When we see them in the masjid for fajr... In their night suit and pajamas making sajda... Right? So I got baqi... <laughs> <laughs> that's not a problem... But if you have the ability... You can think of this ayah, خُذُوا Alright. Next thing. So these are all things that Allah Ta'ala has commanded, right? These are all things. What is it that Allah Taala has commanded? Next thing Allah Ta'ala has commanded, Bukulu wa la tusrifu, That you should eat, and you should drink, and you should not be excessive, you should not be wasteful. Right? This has already come before. The Rabb here also was that, remember they had consecrated certain animals, taking them to be sacrilegious, and they weren't eating from them. And they weren't drinking of their milk either. la yuhimbul Indeed, Allah subhanahu is that being, that he does not love, does not look fondly upon those who go to excesses, those who are extravagant, those who are wasteful. قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةِ اللَّهِ اللَّتِي أَخْرَجَ That say, my beloved Messenger says unto them, that who is it who can prohibit, or who has prohibited the adornment of Allah subhanahu the adornment of Allah subhanahu ta'ala here means the adornment and beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon people. Ibadihi, That beauty that he has brought forth and created for his ibad, for his devoted and loving and loyal worshipful servants. risk And all of the pure things that Allah ta'ala has brought forth for his ibad in terms of risk, in terms of their sustenance and provision. Will say to them my be sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amanu. So here, those of you who have studied Arabic grammar, right, this is referring to the plural. The plural. Right? But when the plural is غير زويل اقول, then you use the single feminine pronoun. So here means they means those zinats, those beauties and adornments and those tayyibat. these two things, those zinats those adornments and beauties that Allah Ta'ala has made for and brought forth for his ibad and the pure things, لِلَّذِينَ آمُنُوا فِي hayat <الدُّنْيَة> that they actually were originally made by Allah Ta'ala for the believers to enjoy in this world. But unbelievers also are able to wear nice clothes and to eat nice things. However, خَالِسَتَنْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ and they will be especially exclusively for the believers يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ on the Day of Judgment onwards. So it means that actually all of the adornment and beauty that Allah Ta'ala has put in this world, all of the zinat and all of the tayyabat that Allah Ta'ala has put in this world is actually supposed to be for believers. But in this world, even unbelievers have a share in it. But on the day of judgment onward, khalisatan yawm al-qiyamah, they will be especially exclusively for them on that day and onwards. Indeed, Allah SWT says in this: Thus do we elaborate and make clear al-ayati. That means we make clear the verses of our revelation and our signs. Leqomi yatlamun to a community that discerns and a community that has and wishes to possess knowledge. Go say to them, my beloved messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم: Inna Rabbi fawahisha That indeed, my Rabb has absolutely prohibited. Al-fawahisha, each and every type of lewd, indecent, immodest, immoral act. Ma dhahara minha, and this came before, right? That which is open and outward and apparent from such indecencies. Wa ma batana, and that which is done hidden or secretly or inwardly. Secretly can mean what person does secretly, privately, adultery, voyeurism, etc. It can also mean batana, what they do internally, fantasizing, lustful feelings, etc. Well, and another thing Allah Taala is is all types of sin. Alif lam here's is for istigraq, all types of sin or jins sin itself. Well, al and unjust aggression and transgression. And wa billahi malam bihi sultana, and that you should ascribe partners to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on the basis of which no authority and warrant has been sent down to you. Wa تَقُولُوا عَلَى أل اللَّهِ مَا لَا And that you should ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala words of concerning which you have no knowledge whatsoever, that you should fabricate and invent lies and attribute that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these things are what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Now from verse number 34 onwards, Allah subhanahu is going to mention something else. That for each and every community is a prescribed term, is an appointed time, is a specific period of time. What does that mean? That that means that that community will survive until then, and then they will perish. They may perish the way different communities have perished in this world, so they're no longer Vikings and Franks and Spartans in this world, right? They're no longer Mongols in that sense as an ummah, right? As a discrete right, uh, self conscious community in this world. So one may one means maybe that they will simply perish. Another is that they may be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's coming soon, right? That certain communities whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wiped away and their muddat their ajal ended because the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came on them. So either they will perish or they will be punished. Okay. ja And indeed when that time comes, i.e. when it is a expires la yastakhiruna sa'atan they cannot postpone that time for even a moment wala yastaqdimun nor can they hasten or bring it forward for even a moment it is locked in place so that means also right in terms of nationalism those nations that think that we will last forever or the greatness of fulan nation will last forever no it's impossible every nation's height the british empire ended right Every empire will end. And when, it is, when it's going to end, no force can postpone its end, and no force could bring its end forward. Both medicines are to be learned, right? So it's going to end. There's nothing you can do to make it happen earlier, <laughs> and there's nothing they can do to make it happen later. Alright? Okay. Ya Bani Adama, O children of Sayyidina salam. imma whenever, yatiyannakum rusulum minkum, Whenever Prophets from amongst you When they came to you So again I had mentioned to you right In Surah Maida onwards That we are going to see over and over again Mu'in, risala, The concept of Nabu'at, Prophets and Messengers So all of the should All the other ayats that we did before In Surah Baqarah and Al Imran Where Allah talks about belief in Allah And belief in the last day And doesn't necessarily mention explicitly Anbiya But these ayats are also addressed to humanity Right? So it's clearly mentioning that philosophy of humanity again that every human being lies under a prophet. Humanity is the name of is none other than the name of that creation which follows prophets. Okay? So when prophets come to you from amongst yourselves, Yokosuna عَلَيْكُمْ Ayati. And when they narrate to you and they tell you and they confer upon you or they convey to you, right? Ayati, my verses, my signs. My verses, my signs, in Allah's verses, signs and relations. Fa minit and then any whom, whomsoever, ittaka adopts taqwa, fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whichever human being, whichever descendant of Sayyidina Adam alayhi after hearing those verses of revelation from the Prophet that is sent to them, adopts taqwa. Wa aslaha, and then acts righteously. Fa la khawfun وَلَا wa la hum Then for such a human being there will be no fear upon them, nor shall there ever have occasion to have grief or sorrow means they will be happy in this world when they follow the prophetic teachings and they will have eternal bliss and felicity and happiness in the Akhirah because they chose to follow Anbiya. So in this ayah, just Nabuat is being mentioned. In some other ayahs, just belief in Allah is mentioned. In some ayahs, belief in Allah and the Prophet is mentioned. In some ayahs, belief in Allah and Akhirah is mentioned. In some ayahs, just Akhirah is mentioned. So the entire Quran is the message for humanity. Just like it is ludicrous to, in those eyes of Surah Bakar and Al-Imran to think that it's enough to believe just in Allah on the last day and you don't need to believe in Nabuat, it would be ludicrous here to say you just need to believe in Nabuat, you don't need to believe in Allah. Right? As ludicrous as that would be if somebody was to suggest to you that this ayah, they just quote this ayah and say it's okay, you just have to believe in the Prophets, no need to believe in God. As ludicrous as that is, is as ludicrous as those people who present those ayats of Surah Baqar and Surah Al-Imran and say you just have to believe in Allah on the last day, you don't need to believe in Sayyidina Rasulullah Now I think you've understood well. Right? Okay. وَالَّذِينَ قَذَّبُوا بِأَيَاتِنَا Those who reject, repudiate, deny, label as false the verses of our revelation. وَاسْتَقْبَرُوا <laughs> أَنْهَا And remember I exchanged And they, why do they do this? Because they view themselves greater than it. Right? They view it with contempt. They view Allah Ta'ala's verses and following Quran and revealed religion and organized religion as something that is beneath them. They take a condescending attitude towards God, belief, prophets, books, messengers, right? and belief in any of such things. And you can see similar ayat, Surah 37 verse 35 and Surah 75 verses 31 to 33. You can make a note of that. There also Allah SWT talks about the arrogance of humanity. In other words, humanity's refusal to accept Allah ta'ala and deen is due to their arrogance. So those people, what happens to them? <laughs> that such people will be the intimate companions of the fire of Jahannam and they will dwell therein forever. مِمَّنْ افْتَرَىٰ اللَّهِ That who can there be who is more unjust and more of a wrongdoer and more an evil wrongdoer than that person who invents and fabricates a lie on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَوْ بِأَيَاتِهِ Or that person who repudiates and rejects Allah ta'ala's verses of revelations and his signs. أُولَٰئِكَ يَنَالَهُمْ نَسِيبُهُمْ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ And these are those people who they will get their share from the decree, it means their share in the book will catch up to them. What does it mean that the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you will be raised on the Day of Judgment, that you will be accounted for your deeds, right? And then you will face an eternal jaza, an eternal recompense for that. That decree from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will catch up with them. What will catch up with them? Nasibuhum, Their share in the decree will catch up with them. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمْ رُسُولُنَا Until that moment, until such a time, when will come to them our emissaries? Rusul here doesn't mean prophets, it means angels. So we will translate here our emissaries, means the angels. And what will they? Yatuwafonahum. That they will, the angels will take their souls. Qalu. And the angels will say to them when they're taking their souls. Aina kuntum tadu'oona min Then where are those? Where is all of those things, where are all of those things, those false idols, false deities that you used to continually call upon instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in place of Allah subhanahu Qalu, these people who were disbelievers, they will respond to the angels. Dhallu, dhallu anna, that they have abandoned us, they have been lost to us, they have disappeared from us. وَشَهِدُوا And then they will testify Allah anfusihim on their own against their own selves that وَأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا kafirin That indeed throughout their lives they were disbelievers, they were faithless. They were empty of iman. kafirin. They were devoid and bereft and empty of iman. They will testify against their own selves. Call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them قَالَدْخُلُوا فِي Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say and enter in it means enter into the fire of Jahannam. What is the nature of that Jahannam? أُمَمٍ كَدْ خَلَطْ مِنْ minal مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ فِي النَّارِ And it is that fire of Jahannam that Umamin communities have passed before you. Communities from the jinn and communities from humanity have already passed before you entered into Jahannam. So it means that if the person goes in, right, Allah Ta'ala will be mentioning them the already inhabitants and dwellers in Jahannam. كُلَّمَا دَخَلَتْ ummatun la'anat أُخْتَهَا each and every time an ummat, a people, a group, a com a community enters into Jannah, Laanat أُخْتَهَا Then they curse their fellows, they curse their sisters that are already there. So what does this mean? So one meaning of this is that, you know, that although they were allies and friends, hmm? they were allies and friends in this world, when they meet up with one another in, 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 in Jannah, they will be cursing one another. They will be cursing one another. All right? What it means that all ties of friendship and alliances will be severed in the fire of Jahannam. There will be no allies. Each one will be cursing the other. Alright. Hatta إِذَا دَّارَكُوا Until they have all entered, all followed into that Jahannam Jamia altogether. قَالَتْ And then what will happen? qalat ukrahum, and there are two ways you can translate this. So the first way, qalat ukrahum li'ulahum So the latter will say to the former, latter means the one who were entering and the former the ones who were already there, the latter will say to the former, رَبَّنَا haulai that, O oh, our Rabb, these, these are the very ones, أَذَلُّونَ, that they misguided us and led us astray, him, So Allah Ta'ala, you give them, أَذَابًا ذِئْفًا Double the punishment من النار from the fire of Jahannam. Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, kullin ذِعْفٌ Double for everyone. Allahu Akbar. Yes. kullin ذِعْفٌ Double for everyone. Allahu Akbar. Say some For each, each one whenever you double. وَلَكِنْ لَا However, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. You don't know what you're inviting on the other. You don't know what you've just invited on yourselves. Aab ko na is azaab ka patay na is kad dugna ka patay That's what Allah Ta'ala is saying Allahu Akbar Wa lakin la ta'lamun Allahuma ajirna minal nar Allahuma na'udhibika minal nar That's one way to translate Let me finish translating this way Wa kaal al-ulahum So now uh, and So now the former will say to the latter now the former will then respond to the latter. After this, fama kana min fadl. Now you're no better than us. Now you're no better off than us. You wanted us to have double. Now you also have double. Now you're no better off than us. This is فَذُوكُ uh, الْأَذَابِ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَقْصِبُونَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed all of them That let all of you taste and experience the punishment بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَقْصِبُونَ Due to what all of you used to do Second way that this has been translated These two words actually أُخْرَاهُمْ and ulāhum. Second way it can be translated is Instead of latter and former uh, It means leaders and followers Okay so then if you go back here, so let's do this again, قالت أخراهم, so أخراهم would mean the followers, the followers will say to regarding their leaders, Ulahum regarding their leaders, Rabbana These were the ones, these are the very ones, and they led us into, they were the leaders of kufr, right? These are the ones they led us astray. Fa-atihum, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them and zi-fah, that give them double the punishment, and from the fire of قال الله سبحانه وتعالى لكنن ذي to each and every one of you leader or follower double ولكن لا تعلم but indeed you don't know وقالت الله so now the leaders will respond the أخرهم to the followers Fama Now you have no advantage over us. That so you tried to get us in trouble here in Jannah. That we were your leaders, we should get double. And then what is Allah's Prophet saying? Fazukul adaba bima kuntum taksibun. So bima kuntum means that each and every one of you were doing kufr. You're equally guilty of kufr. Whether you were leader or follower, right? You were equally guilty of kufr. Right? But it does show, right? That the followers will... Be upset with their leaders. And that's the southern notion of that, that they will curse the ukht, they will curse their sisters, they will curse their fellows, they will curse their associates, they will curse their leaders. Alright? Allahu Akbar. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ bi بِآيَاتِنَا And indeed, those who, yes, those who falsify and repudiate and view to be as lies and untrue, right, and view to be as myths, بِآيَاتِنَا The verses of our revelation, وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا عَنْهَا And I did this for you before already, right? And view themselves to be too high and mighty for it, and turn away from it in contempt. لَا تُفَتَّحُ لَهُمْ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ That never will the gates of the realms that lie above be open to them. وَلَا يَدْخُلُوا لَنْ And they will never ever enter into Jannah. The notion here rupt is that Jannah is something that lies beyond not necessarily above, but beyond the physical universe. So the physical universe contains of Ard, consists of Ard, this earth, and As-Sama'i and all of the realms that lie above infinite realms as far as the whole universe goes. Jannat is something that lies beyond that. So when you go from a place where you are to a place that is beyond, that means figuratively you go through the Samawat. So not only will they not enter Jannah, but even the doors of this the realms that lie above, which are not Jannah itself, even that will be closed to them. Even the path, the doors that lead to the path that goes to Jannah, even that will never and ever open for them. Right? This I mentioned to you, a famous statement that it was coming, that they will never ever be able to enter Jannah until and unless, right, a camel passes through the eye of a needle. It means never. That's something that is an impossibility. Alright? And here I think also, you know, uh, interesting that uh, that Allah is using this example, especially for today's sort of empirical atheists, when for them they talk about empirical possibilities. So the analogy Allah ta'ala gave them as of an empirical impossibility. The camel passing through the eye of a needle is something that is empirically impossible. So it could be understood in this way that, oh, you who were... So looking at empiricism and possibilities and probabilities. So fine, you will also enter Jannah when this thing that you also know to be empirically impossible. Only until unless unless that happens. وَكَذَلَكَ nadzil الْمُجْرِمِينَ And Allah SWT says that thus do we recompense. And we, in this case because it's a negative recompense. So you can say we mete out punishment to the mujrimine, to those who are guilty of wrongdoing, who are the wrongful sinners. لَهُمْ مِنْ جَهَنَّمَ wa وَمِنْ فَوْكِهِمْ غَوَاشٍ And for them, what will they have in Jahannam? They will have a bed. وَمِنْ فَوْكِهِمْ And above them and over them, غَوَاش, they will have coverings or canopies or shrouds, coverings and canopies. Right? What does this mean? This means that they will be surrounded by Jahannam. They will be surrounded by Jahannam. Underneath them, on top of them, left of them, right of them, in front of them, behind them. They will be in an all-encased enclosure of jahannam Alright. but uh, نَدْزِلْ ظَالِمِينَ So Naha uses a different word here. First above was mujrimine, now ظالمين. So And thus does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says, and thus do we Recompense the ظالمين, the one who were unjust transgressors, perpetrators of injustice, either against their own selves by adopting kufr, and or against others by bringing others to kufr or keeping them from imam. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَأَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وَسْأَهَا However, for indeed those who believe, and those who do righteous acts and works, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we do not, uh, make responsible, and we do not make any soul or self or person responsible for that which lies outside their capacity and ability. And what will happen to these? alladhina <laughs> amanu wa ulaika ashabul jannah hum fiha that they will be the companions of jannah and they will dwell therein forever. ma fi sudurihim min Here the and we will remove ma fi him and whatsoever lies in their breast min ghil ghil means rancor fancy word for english and fancy english word for ghil is rancor you can also think that it means any type of ill will or malice or spite or hatred or bad feelings towards one another so this is one of the first that we're doing here one of the signs of jannah right and one of the signs of Jannah is that people's tazkiyah is done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take out all of their negative emotions. So Jannah will be a place where no one feels any ghil for one another. Neither do does a person feel ghil for another person. Nor will anybody else feel ghil towards you. You will find this description of Jannah in this way that there will be no love in it. There will be no foul speech in it. There will be no hill in it. All right. Wakalu and all the inhabitants of Jannah will say, Alhamdulillah Hilladi Hada. No tajrimentati Himullah Nhar. Underneath they will be in such gardens, they will have entered into such gardens underneath which rivers flow. Wakalu Alhamdulillah Hilladi Hadana Lehada. And they will say, praise, all praises, praise itself belongs only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that being, Hadana lihada, who guided us to this Jannah. That This was the, what the Hidayah was for. All that Hidayah, all those books and all those messengers was for this, was so that we could enter into this Jannah. Praise be to that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who always sent books and messengers to humanity, so that we could be guided and He wanted to guide us to this Right and when somebody gives you a, a map and a guide to a destination, right unless there are lots of turns and there are lots of you know speed limits and rules. but once you arrive at the destination, if the destination is wonderful, you're so happy you're so happy. you get even happy at the turbulence that brings you to Makumakurma, hmm? because it brought you to Makkumakarama. right so that's what they're feeling. They're going to be so happy at having reached uh, at having reached Jannah. Uh, in, in these places, all right and indeed they still will say and we would never have ever been rightly guided we could have never discovered guidance, we could have never been guided lola were it not that were it not that Allah had guided us. So this is their humility. They won't view that they attained jannah, that they discovered, Jannat. and this is showing the mizaj of human being that we are not here on earth to discover and to drive and to come up with and design the way to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and form new ideologies and new understandings of Islam to do so. No, we're simply here to submit to the hidayah that Allah Taala has sent down already. We're simply to surrender ourselves to Allah Taala's guidance. And then if we do that, then Allah Ta'ala will surrender us on the Day of Judgment to Jannah. Right. لَكَا جَاءَتْ رُسُلُ رَبِّنَا بِالْحَكِمِ And they will say that indeed, Anbiya, again you see Risalat, 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 that indeed Anbiya, messengers and prophets came, uh, messengers of our Rab came, Bilhaq bearing the absolute truth and veracity. Right? So they will realize, and they will assert. The truth of all of the Anbiya and Mursaleen. Alright. Wanoo do, And then it will be uh, announced and proclaimed. kumul jannatu. Uristumuha. Bima kuntum ta'amulun. That indeed, that you know that this jannah. You have inherited it. You are the heirs and legatees of this Jannah. بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَأْمُنُونَ By means of all those good things that you used to do. By means of the righteous acts and righteous deeds that you used to do. You have been granted. This Jannah has been bestowed upon you. And you are its heirs. Alright, anything here to mention? Nabi also mentioned a hadith that has been transmitted by Imam Bukhari that the faces of those who enter Jannat first will be as bright as the shining full moon. And then, as the faces will continue to be bright, but the people who enter Jannat thereafter will shine like the brightest of stars. But all of their hearts will be united like a single person. They will have no disagreement, no malice towards one another. So this is the explanation of that. They will be completely, there will be now one ummah, one nation, right? One nation for all. Hmm? One nation, one ummah, and that is called Ashabul Jannah. They will have absolute peace, love, harmony uh, for one another, and no feeling of malice and malcontent mal- with one another. Second hadith that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that when the people of Jannah, when they, when they enter Jannah, so the apostle some swore, said by the being in whose hand and power lies my life, they will recognize their homes in Jannah better than they recognize their homes in this world. In other words, there will be a feeling, a sense of it being whole. A sense of belonging. Not like when you move to a new place and it's, you feel it's, a, it's new, even if it's your new home, but you feel a bit strange the first night that you spend in your new home. It won't be like that. They will recognize their homes in Jannah even better than they recognize their homes in this world. All right. Now verses number 44. Wanada ashabal jannati ashaban nar. Allahu Akbar. So now it's going to happen the people of jannah will call to the people of jahannam. So the inmates and companions and intimate dwellers of jannah, wanada they will call out to the ashab of nar. An kana ma wa'adana rabbuna haqqan fa hal wajadtum ma wa'ada rabbukum haqqan? Allah Akbar they will say that indeed we have found and we have discovered what our Rabb promised us to be absolutely true we have found it to be true we found this Jannah what we were promised and told in Quran that if we did have Iman and we had A'mal As-Saleh we will get this Jannah and all of its features we find it to be true and they will ask them فَهَلْ وَجَدْتُمْ مَا وَأَدَى رَبُّكُمْ and have you found what your Rabb had promised you have you found that to be true have you found Jahannam to be like that with all of its torments and punishments? Qalu na'am. The people of Jahannam will respond that, yes, yes, oh, yes. It was exactly. It is azim. It is aleem. It is muheen. It is all of that, this adab. As it was described, we found it to be exactly like it is. Allahu Akbar. Then Allah SWT Wa was saying in Qur'an, uh, no so as Allah Ta'ala says in Quran for and then a caller from them will call out between them. Allah al that indeed now Allah Faith sealed off from His mercy and cast out repudiated, i. e. cast out from his mercy, Allah dha, cast his repudiation on upon Allah upon the unjust wrongdoers, transgressors, disbelievers. Who were they? Alladina An So first their Zoom. They stopped people from coming to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this attribute, this can be there this can be there in some non practicing believers. They stop people from following sunnah. They stop people from going to the masjid. They stop people from going to a gathering where Deen is taught. They stop their daughters from covering themselves. Hmm? Allah Yes? And it's not a few. Many, many cases. Who can be guilty of this? Yasudduna <laughs> An They tried to stop their students. They tried to convince their students that religion was a joke and atheism is true. They stopped their friends using peer pressure. banna. <laughs> they stopped other people from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They maligned Islam. They tried to convince the young Muslims of the West through their media that Islam is just terrorism. So they made them embarrassed of Islam, ashamed of their Islam. Alladina yasud An Number two, And what did they want? They wanted to give. They that literally means curvature. They wanted. They were seeking to make Islam appear to be crooked. If they wanted that Sabila, they wanted the path to Allah seem to be crooked and twisted, so that people wouldn't go on it. You can also say that they wanted to make it appear difficult. It's a difficult way. You should just follow a life of ease. How can it be that that Allah ta'ala who created you, He said so many times already, and they're going to say many more times again, that he does not burden a soul beyond his capacity. This was Allah Ta'ala's response to that person who tries to convince people and deter people. Deter people from the path of Allah wa ta'ala. And what did they want? They wanted to make it appear as if there was some crookedness or curvature. Or they wanted to create even indeed curvature and crookedness in it. وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ كَافِرُونَ And indeed they were deniers in the Akhirah. They disbelieved in the hereafter. They didn't believe in life after death. Wabeno huma hijabun. Walal a rafi rijalun ya'rifuna kullam biseema hum. All right. Wabeno huma hijab. Let's see, okay. Anything here? okay hijabun? That between ashabul jannah and Ashab al-Narn. The hijab literally means veil But it means here a barrier That between the two of them Will be a barrier which is no Completely sealed Not porous at all A completely sealed, intact Non-porous border and barrier Of some kind That will be now set between The Ashab al and the Ashab jannah now comes this next uh, part of Quran which I had mentioned to you was coming, which is this concept of a'raf. Alright? Okay. So, wa al-a'rafi. So on those elevated planes, on those elevated planes that are called al-a'raf, there will be people. Rijalun ya'rifuna kullam simahim There will be people who will recognize each and the other by mahim by some type of marks. Or signs that are placed on them. And what will they do? They will be calling out to the people of Jannah. So this group who is on the wandering, the elevated plains of A'raf, they will call out to the people of Jannah. And what will they say? So they will say, Salamun alaikum to the people of Jannah. Any greetings of peace be upon you. Alright. Lam يَدْخُلُوهَا At this point, they have not yet entered into Jannah. These, these people wandering the plains of Araf. But they have tamafur. They covet. The fancy word is covet. They deeply desire. They yearn. Their heart's burning desire and burning yearning is that they want to enter into Jannah. So they're calling out. So there's not a hijab between them and a jannah Right? They're able to call out to them and they're able to address them. Okay? Uh, وإذا سرفت أبصارهم تلقا أصحاب النار قالوا ربنا لا تجعلنا ما ألقوم بالذلين. Now when the people of Araf when they uh, when their gaze is turned by Allah سبحانه Surifat Allah, when it means that their gaze is averted or diverted. When their gaze is averted or diverted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, To who? To tilqa'i ashabi To looking at the people and inhabitants of the fire of Jahannam. So now the people of Araf, what will they say? Rabbana la taj'alna Maal dhalameen. Allah subhanahu don't make us and don't place us amongst this community and this group of unjust transgressors. So the suggestion here is that they are straddling this hijab. They can see Ashabul Jannah, and they can make some greeting to them, and they can also see if their gazes are averted or directed in that way, they can see Ashabul Jannah. And they're scared, right? They're scared, they don't know where exactly they're going to go. <laughs> So now the Ashab al-Araf they will call out and they will call out to such people that they recognize them again by some type of marks or signs and what will they say? They will say ma agna ankum. They say that what you, what your pride uh, ma agna ankum jam'ukum, It means what your pride and your arrogance amassed. Wa ma kuntum in, in other words that what is it? What is it that your pride and arrogance amassed? And what is it that you used to turn away from in being haughty and being arrogant? Alright? Okay. أَهَؤْلَاءِ la la birahma. And were these the people that you used to swear that Allah Ta'ala would not have mercy on them? أَقْسَمْتُمْ that you used to take a swear that La that Allah Ta'ala's Mercy will not envelop them. Allah Ta'ala's mercy will not find them. Allah Ta'ala's mercy will not catch up to them. Udhhulu Jannata la khaufun alaykum wa antum tahzanoon. Then it will be said to them, enter into Jannah. You will neither, you will not have any fear there, nor shall you grieve. Okay. Who are the people of A'raf? So this is now, this discussion came in verses number 40. Forty six, forty six to forty nine. Forty six to forty nine. All right. Okay. Number one, number one view is that the people of Araf are those people who had enough good deeds to save them from going into Jahannam, but also at the same time had enough sins that prevent them from entering into Jannah. Had enough good deeds to save them from going into Jahannam, but at the same time had enough sins, unrepented sins, sins for which they didn't make done before, which prevented them from entering into Jannah. Enough good deeds that saved them from Jahannam. However, enough sins that prevented them from going into Jannah. This suggests, right, that this is a group of people who lived two lives, right? Have a two faced life. They're not two faced in their beliefs, so they're not monophic in that sense. They believed in Allah. So let me make that clear. In terms of their iman, in terms of belief, all the articles of faith, right? They had all of the articles of faith, they believed in everything. They believe in Qur'an. They believe in Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they're from an earlier community, they believed in that Prophet and brook that was sent to them. Right? So they were believers. There's no notion of atheism. There's no notion of polytheism. Okay. So they're not kufar. They're not kufar. They're mu'mineen. But they're that type of mu'mineen who didn't do enough to ad- ad- to be admitted or to gain entry into Jannah directly. Okay, now they will have signs upon them. They will be able to recognize one another due to some type of sign or some type of marking on them. Right, some type of sign and some type of marking upon them. How long will it take? How long will they be wandering these elevated, heightened planes of Al Araf until this conversation takes place and between them and Ashabul? Jannah then how long after that between that and they're eventually admitted Allah knows best Nobody can say definitively how long that is, but there's a suggestion. The feeling is that it's a very long time Otherwise it wouldn't make sense right to have this whole separate elaborate process of wandering these heightened Elevated planes of al-'Araf. It was just one second, right? Second reason that the Mufasrin mentioned that why it's a long time, because there's quite a lot of already, uh, I'm mean, how can I explain this, I don't want to say, the word came to my mind, but that's not, the Day of Judgment is a very grave day, but there's a lot of dilly-dallying, there's already a lot of wandering that has been done on the Day of Judgment, right? in terms of that is also mentioned hadith that that is also one final expiation for a person's sins either it will be some people who enter jannah because their last few sins were forgiven due to the 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 robe or the mm, the awe inspiring nature of the day of judgment so these people have gone through that process also and still are not yet able to enter jannah so therefore then the suggestion and again there's nothing we can know definitively. But the suggestion was that they would wander then the, these elevated plains of Al-Araf for at least as long or and longer than the time of the Day of Judgment. And the Day of Judgment is mentioned sometimes in the days to be thousands of years, right? Thousands of years. So maybe they're wandering these plains of araf for thousands and thousands of years. Some people have taken the position that again, so who are these Ashab al-A'raf, if you will, originally. That there, these are those people who believed in Allah subhanahu They had that belief. They had belief in Allah subhanahu But they didn't fully believe in wahi or anbiya. In the sense that they didn't fully follow these things. So they weren't atheists. They did believe in a god. They weren't polytheists. They didn't believe in multiple gods. They believed in one supreme being. And they lived their life according to that teaching but without following scripture and revelation and prophethood which means that they lived a life of morality so their iman plus their morality would but their lack of spirituality put it that way their iman plus morality but they don't have they don't have worship they don't fast they don't pray they don't make dua right they don't have worship but their iman and morality was such that it was enough to keep them from going into Jahannam. And then, right, they will wander these plains of Araf for so many, so many, however many years. Allah knows best what the wisdom is in creating this process, right? All we can say is that Allah Ta'ala has made the Akhir full of many, many stages for everyone, right? The second a person dies, your soul enters a place called alam Barzakh. Barzakh literally means that barrier From which there is no return The point you will have passed The point of no return So a person will be living in that state Also be living in their grave In another sense, right? Then the resurrection Then all of the things In the Day of Judgment There's a whole process, right? Standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Going in front of the scales Crossing the bridge, right? So Allah ta'ala has made many, 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 many stages Until the person ultimately enters Whatever they're Ultimate Eternal Abodes said, Allah Ta'ala's wisdom Allah knows best that there's An extra stage which is wandering These heights and plains Of Al-Araf that Allah Ta'ala has made For this particular type Of person But we don't actually have much definitive information On this Right Okay. Meanwhile then, Now Allah month is going to go back to Discussion between Ashab al, uh, Between the Ashab and Nar Ashab and Jannah Monada nari jannati, And now the denizens and intimate companions and residents of the fire of Jahannam will call out to the companions and the residents and inhabitants of Jannah أَنْ أَفِيذُ أَلَيْنَ ma'i, ma'i أَوْ مِمَّا That could you please send down upon us some water that you have. Oh, mimma rizak, or something of that which you have been given as sustenance or nourishment Or that which Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon you This they will be saying due to their extreme thirst and their extreme hunger So some of them have taken this The reason why Allah Ta'ala used the word hijab Is hijab is used as a barrier to sight But not necessarily sound So like you know when you talk to somebody behind the curtain Right? So that has also been mentioned that's going to come later in Quran Bara al-hijab right, from behind a partition, so that they cannot see one another. So what does it mean here? It means they cannot see the water, they cannot see the fruits or sustenance that has been given to Ashab al-Jannah, but they know, they remember now, that if only we had believed in that book and followed it, that book mentioned. They will remember all of a sudden that that book mentioned, for example, the thamarat, the fruits of the people of Jannah will be getting. That book mentioned Anhar, rivers which flow underneath, right? So not because they can see it, because the hijab definitely means they can't see, but from their memory, they know that the people of Jannah must have these things. So they asked, So what will... Uh, so then what will they respond? So the Ashab of Jannah, the inhabitants of Jannah will reply to them, إن الله حرامهما then look it's not it's not in our it's nothing up to us. indeed Allah ta'ala has prohibited this water and all the beverages of jannah and all of the risk and everything all the nourishments and sustenance and provisions of jannah to the disbelievers. who are those disbelievers؟ الذين <laughs> دينهم those who took the deen that Allah Ta'ala was sent to them, their deen that was sent to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a mere trifle, as an th- object of play. As a trifle and as a play. And there are those people, humul الْحَيَاتُ الدُّنْيَا And they were deluded and deceived. What deluded and deceived them? The material life of this world. Now here this definition again, this definition we should be scared that this definition may even actually apply to some quote unquote Muslims. That they take they take their Deen to be just a mere trifling something that is of little consequence, of little importance. They view it to be just a plaything, just an occasional thing. If you want, you can do it, right? Jalo, Idina Mas Barilatyaj, right? They view it as just a play. And and what was it that deluded them into thinking like this their life in this world, their worldly life, their worldly accomplishments, their materialistic pursuits, their creature comforts, any one of those things. The life of this world is what? To lose them in this way. Par- here Allah Ta'ala says, and it's very, you know, it's a fascinating response. Allah Ta'ala says on this day, We forget them. nasu just like they chose to forget or ignore, right? They chose to forget their meeting with, means their meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this day. We forget them just like they forgot us. That's what it means. They will be forgotten. They will be in all of eternity and hellfire, and they will be forgotten. Now, if we take this to mean that extreme level, that Allah Ta'ala will even forget them. He will then, I mean, obviously, Allah Ta'ala, everything remains in His ilm, right? But Nansa means that Allah Ta'ala will now just never pay any attention to them. Will never even bother even to look at them in Jahannam. It's just gone, they're done. It's sealed, and whatever goes on is going on the fraternity. Allah Ta'ala couldn't be bothered with them. You can put it that way, that we will not be bothered with them on, on this day. We will not bother with them at all. Just like they felt that they didn't need to bother themselves at all with their meeting with me on this day. Right? وَمَا كَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يَجْهَدُونَ And indeed, uh, they were denying يَجْهَدُونَ from jahad That they were rejecting and denying the verses of Allah subhanahu ta'ala So this will also happen due to them So we will ignore them the way they ignored our verses of revelation and our signs وَلَكَ جِئْنَاهُمْ بِكِتَابٍ فَصَّلْنَاهُ عَلَىٰ إِلْمٍ هُدَىٰ وَرَحْمَةً لِكَوْمِ يُؤْمِنُونَ And indeed, that we had brought to them bin A book, a scripture revelation Nahu ala ilmin, And we had elaborated that clearly on the basis of knowledge And that book was a source of guidance And that book was a mercy لِقَوْمِ يُؤْمِنُونَ But for a community who chose to believe هَلْ yanzuruna إِلَّا ta'wilahu, And have they looked at anything Have they looked at anything Are they waiting for anything Except for its ta'wil All right Ta'wil means are they waiting for anything other than the fulfillment or realization or manifestation of the truth, ultimate truth and reality that was mentioned in the book. Yoma yati ta'wiluhu. And on that day on which it's ta'wil or its ultimate manifestation and realization of fulfillment will take place, yukul ladina nosuhu min kablu. So those people who used to who who used to who had forgotten and completely ignored the ultimate reality and realization and manifestation of the wish and decree of Allah Taala. prior to this, what will they say? rabbina <laughs> bil They will also say that indeed, Anbiya of our Prophet, messengers from our Rabb, messengers from our Lord, had come to us indeed Bilhaq with the truth. min nurdu fa kunna so they said that if only there were any intercessors for us who could actually intercede on our behalf, or if it were possible, if only we could be returned back to this world, and then we would act and we would practice. We would practice غير الذي كُنَّا نعمل. We would practice other than that which we were to practice. We would do other than that which we used to do. We wouldn't do sin. If we could go back, we would do good. We wouldn't do the things that we used to do. قَدْ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ that indeed they have only placed into complete loss their own selves. وَذَلَّا anhum مَا كَانُوا يَفْتُرُونَ And is lost to them, has vanished to them. مَا كَانُوا يَفْتُرُونَ All of those lies and fabrications that they used to invent against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or all those lies and fabrications that they used to invent about the deen. All of it is lost to them. They have nothing. All right indeed know that your Rab, your Lord is Allah. That Allah Subhanahu who created all the realms that lie above and this earth, Fi in six days. Al Arsh and then he directed his attention or some say he established himself, Al Arsh upon the Arsh. Nahara. Okay, let's discuss this issue of six days. Long discussion on this issue sometimes. All right. First of all, many people ask this question that why did Allah need six days? There's nothing here that says Allah needs six days. There's no concept of need associated with any of his creation. Right? Why did he doesn't need nine months to form the fetus, right? As ridiculous as it would be. Nobody asked that question, right? But for some reason, people and certain critics and certain atheistic unbelievers love to harp on this verse, right? That why does God need six days to create the universe? He didn't need. He chose to do it. He doesn't need nine months to create a human being. He created Adam alayhi like that, right? He didn't need sperm to create a human being. He created Isa like that, right? He didn't need. It's his choice. He, he has ways of creating. He has ways of doing things. This is the way Allah's mind operates. Second thing, ayam doesn't mean earth days, doesn't mean 24-hour cycles, because at this moment, obviously, there is no such concept as an earth day until the earth is created and the sun is created and the orbit is created. And this is talking about even before the creation of either the sun or the earth or its orbit. So here what does it mean is that Allah Ta'ala created the earth in six stages, at six moments. And not, so not the earth, so everything. The entire physical universe, Right? So maybe stage one was the Big Bang, then maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, just let that continue and continue. Because stage two is maybe galaxy, galaxy cluster formation, then the coalescing of elements, right, and then the formation of planets, and then their stars, and then the gravitational mm, force exerted by those stars on those planets, and the creation of orbits. It can be any of these things, right? So Allah subhanahu created all that lies in the Samawat and the earth in six time intervals. In six intervals. Right? Okay. There are verses which talk about a similar topic. Here Allah Ta'ala says well, Samawat and with Samawat or in some of the verses Allah Ta'ala also mentions wama. Uh Mama Beinu Huma and that which is between the two of them. That's understood over here. That's not anything different. It's understood that created them and everything that is in between them. Alright. Al Arsh. Some translate this as directed himself towards the Arsh, some say established himself on the Arsh, some say rose rose up on top of the Arsh. Alright. Now this is one of those ayat that is, forms what we call the mutashabihat. This is one of those ayat that we do not say we understand exactly what it means. Because this happens when a human being's comprehension leads them to an understanding that itself doesn't fit the Qur'an. So our understanding would be that Allah Ta'ala situated himself or placed himself on top of the arsh. But that would mean that Allah Ta'ala has a body, has physicality. Right, has some type of form and shape, and has movement from one place to the other. Right, So all of those things are batil for Allah SWT. Allah Ta'ala has no form, no shape, no corporeal existence, no corporeal substance, does not have movement, there's no such thing as being above or below, or moving from one place or the other. What it can mean then, is thumma al-arsh can mean that when I did before you arsh, and remember we did that his arsh is... Situated on top of the kursi and the kursi was more was seen than all of the samawat and the earth. And I told you that that was a kanaya or a metaphor for his dominion and his sovereignty. So what it simply means is that after Allah created it, then he settled himself upon the task of running it. After Allah created the entire universe, then he simply settled himself on the task of running the entire universe. And he runs it in terms of his mastery and his dominion and sovereignty. So the seat of that mastery, dominion and sovereignty is represented by Al-Arsh. Alright? Okay. Here, those of you who study more formally, you know there's this famous what we call Bilakayf. Bilakayf means that we believe in this without necessarily knowing exactly how it happened. Very famous story for example, somebody asked Imam Ma Malik Rumullah Ta'ala about, one, maybe not this one, but about this term, it comes in several different ayat. What does it mean that Allah says, mustawi al الْعرش? So he was quiet. And then it says, and he started sweating. Allahu Akbar. He was quiet, and then he started sweating. And then he said that only Allah knows best what exactly this means. The kaif of it means the how of this. How that happened, only Allah knows exactly in what sense this is happening. This is too majestic for a human being to understand. And obviously those things that pertain most directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His majesty, His sha'an and His azmat is indeed very much that, that it will be too majestic for a human being to understand. But in one sense, what I had mentioned about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then now running it, which means after He created it, now He can, you can say, also started manipulating it, started doing certain things. So that those there are going to be examples of that now coming in this earth, right? Uh, النَّهَارَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the night to cover the day, right? Which means the night follows the day, right? The night follows the day. Yatlubuhu Ha-thitha. And this way means that the night overtakes the day quickly. The night overtakes the day quickly. وَشَمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَةِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created or fashioned or manipulated or settled the sun and the moon, najuma and the stars bi بِأَمْرِهِ And all of them are subjugated and subject to بِأَمْرِهِ to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah and indeed, is it not to Allah Ta'ala alone that belongs the creative power, the power to create, amru and the power to command. tabarakallahu rabbul رَبُّ العالمين. And full of barakah is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who is the sustainer and nourisher of all of the universes. rabbakum tadarruan wa And you should make dua to your Rabb Allah Ta'ala is saying here, Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Qur'an that make dua to your Rabb, to dharru'an with humility, with penitence, humbly, sincerely. And khufya, khufyatan means in secrecy, silently, right? So this is one way to make dua, that a person can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala humbly and secretly. Lahu, إِنَّ Inna إِنَّ إِنَّهُ La Yuhimbal الْمُؤْتَدِينَ and this is now another word you have for la yuhibbu. Indeed, Allah subhanahu does not love those who transgress. Those who transgress the limits. Here it means transgress propriety. Right? So we are not actually umma. Uh, I mean, when we make du'a to Allah subhanahu we do so humbly. We don't do as if we're arrogant or we're commanding Allah subhanahu to do this or we want Allah subhanahu to do that or we're complaining and why did Allah subhanahu not do this or why did Allah subhanahu not do that. Right? So that all of that would be viewed as exceeding the limits in terms of dua. وَلَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ ba'da إِسْلَاهِهَا That you should not spread fasad, sedition, discord, disunity on this earth. بَعْدَ إِسْلَاهِهَا After Allah subhanahu has established uh, a righteous order and system of justice upon it. Some have also taken this the environmentalist, they quote this part of Qur'an, Right, to suggest you should not environmentally damage the earth, the earth After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has um, After Allah subhanahu has fashioned it properly And certainly you know uh, There is no doubt that environmental damage can also fall under Israf, what we did before Waste and excessive waste So pollution is normally Most of the environmental problems are born out of waste right And excessive waste and pollution, pollution waste And alhamdulillah we have our recycler over here and I'm doing a nick work of recycling. MashaAllah. <laughs> khawfan wa And you should make dua to Allah subhanahu ta'ala in fear and in yearning. This once I remember I explained to you, maybe that was in England, that we should make dua to Allah subhanahu ta'ala fearing Him, but also in tama but also craving Him. Make dua to Allah subhanahu ta'ala while fearing Him, fearing being presented in front of him fearing the meeting with him but at the same time tama at the same time craving him yearning for that meeting with him dying and waiting for that day that you will be presented in front of him both feelings are there both feelings are there all right so a person should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in khauf and tama so tama is an intense type of hope and this way I remember that, that was in the hope and mercy. So hope in the so much hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person is craving, craving the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's a very intense word. That's Allah Ta'ala teaching us in Qur'an the emotion we should feel in dua. And many people today when they make dua they feel neither of these feelings. They're just rolling off memorized sentences on their tongue and their heart, if you open up their heart you won't see khawf. You won't see any fear. And if you open up their heart, you won't even see Tama. You won't see the craving and yearning, hopeful yearning for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna rahmatullahi min That indeed know that the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is intimately close, ever near, proximate to the moussinin, to those who are people of virtue and nobility and excellence and piety. Right? So because the muhsineen, they feel the qurb of that rahmah, so when something is near, then you really covet it, then you really yearn from it because it's within reach, it's within grasp. So they're the ones who have this tama. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الْرِيَاةَ Okay, and Allah subhanahu is that being who has sent down the winds, بُشْرَمْ بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَحْمَتِهِ, uh, bearing glad tidings of, of His Divine Mercy. So sometimes it means here that winds have al- al- elsewhere been mentioned in Qur'an as also can be used as a means of his torment and punishment in terms of hurricane, cyclone, tornado. But sometimes winds are also uh, bearing gl- advance, glad tidings in advance of his mercy. <laughs> فَأَنزَلْنَا بِهِ الْمَاءَ فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ مِنْ كُلِّ الْثَمَرَاتِ كَذَلِكَ نُخْرِجُ الْمَوْتَى لَأَلَّكُمْ تذك تَذَكَّرُونَ Here Allah is saying is that when Allah SWT lifts these clouds, thick all on heavily laden clouds. Now you could understand that maybe, maybe in a scientific sense that they're heavy in terms of, what do you call it, the precipitation, right? And they're rain clouds. So here when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts those rain clouds, and what does He do? He lifts them and He bears them over dead land. And when they're born over dead land, فَأَنْزَلْنَا بِهِ <الْمَعَة> then Allah ta'ala sends water down therefrom, from those clouds, and by means of that water, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes to grow and come forth from the earth all types of fruits and all types of crops. Even at the simplest scientific level, this was something that no scientist had understood at the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah. That rain comes from clouds, right? This was not something that science knew in the year 680. It's something that every now third, fourth, fifth grader is taught that actually rain comes from what they call precipitation inside clouds. Second, everybody knows now, because the Sayyidina Rasulullah is mentioning this, this is before. All of those people. This is before Galileo and Copernicus and all of that. But we know, right, that the clouds have this movement and they move over different areas, right? And that's why you will see sometimes, right, somebody in one part, sometimes it can happen that it rains in one part of Lahore and it doesn't rain in the other part. It actually happens. Or it has not yet to rain there, right? See, so you, sometimes you talk about either Bar or right? It can happen. It happens like that. I've experienced it in America, in parts of Illinois, Right? And certainly I'm sure it's like that here in Pakistan. This Allah tells, I mean, sometimes people look too deeply actually. Some some of the even most simplest explanations of Quran are also scientific proof. That this is a revelation from a divine being. There's no way Sayyidina Rasulullah or the greatest scientist even alive in the 600s could have come up with this. Because there was no understanding of how rain worked. Right, and so Allah ta'ala is explaining it yes in a simple way, but in an absolutely accurate way, in a way that could be entirely unknown to people at that time. All right. Um, all of this is done so that you may learn from this and learn a good lesson from this and you may reflect on the might and power of Allah SWT. And what is that ultimate lesson that we may be mindful and reflect upon is to have iman in Allah SWT. وَالْبَلَدُ And as far as for that, literally means the noble city, it means for that land that is already fertile, that land that is already fertile, sometimes it doesn't, there are some types of land like that that don't even require the rain, Allah ta'ala takes out from it, who things that grow, right? Produce, Allah ta'ala brings forth produce from such a land, rabbihi, with the will and permission and decree of the rub of that land. I mean from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that land, which has become in, infertile or barren, then La yakhruju. very little comes forth from it Illa nakida except a miserly measly but a measly amount, a measly amount. Kadalakan Nusardiful thus Allah ta'ala says to be explained we send upon you different altering changing signs and verses of the revelation to a community that wishes to be grateful and appreciative to Allah subhanahu Alright, so we'll stop over here, we'll take a break. Next, then Allah is going to be mentioning stories of some of the Prophets, first of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam. Okay, we are on Surah Al-Allah, verses number 59 and onwards. Here Allah is going to mention the stories of different and beyond mursaleen. Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, then Sayyidina the Hud alayhi salam, then Sayyidina the Saleh alayhi salam, then Sayyidina the Lut alayhi salam, then Sayyidina the Shwayb alayhi salam, then Sayyidina the Musa alayhi salam. And you will find that these different stories are repeated in different parts of Qur'an al-Kareem. And you already saw, for example, the, say the story of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam is repeated in different parts of Qur'an al-Kareem. Reason is that sometimes people wonder that why didn't Allah Ta'ala just put everything about one Prophet in one place? Why are they parts of the story of one prophet in here and then parts of it in another surah, parts of another surah? Reason is, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to highlight. The whole purpose of telling us these stories is to teach or highlight particular lessons to be learned from that story. Sometimes, many obviously, because they were Anbiya, many, many oh. events happened. So therefore there are many lessons to be learned. Sometimes some lessons are better highlighted in a different context and other parts of the lessons are highlighted in a different context. So for example, we saw in Sayyidina Adam when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Baqarah didn't mention this whole issue of libas. It didn't mention anywhere in Surah Baqarah in the incident of Sayyidina Adam about this an issue of them losing their libas. Here, that part of the story was there. Why? Because the rest of the uh, surah, the, the following ayat of that surah, we're talking about lipas taqwa And we're talking about guarding your modesty and guarding your chastity. And that adorning yourself with taqwa is the best thing to adorn yourself with. So that part of the story of Sayyidina Adam alayhis salaam was better highlighted when it came in that surah that's talking about lipas takwa. taqwa and the flip side, libas taqwa is also better highlighted and better served by having that part of the story of Sayyidina Adam Alayhi Salaam joined to it. Okay? So here, for example, Sayyidina Nuh Alayhi Salaam's story is going to come. There is, in fact, a whole surah called Nuh. Right? And that surah is all about Sayyidina Nuh Alayhi Salaam and talks about all of those things. But here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted because He had just mentioned, if you remember, earlier when I told you that part about Risala, that different Prophets and messengers came to you Right? So when Allah Is talking about overall the content of Risada, He wants to show Both to the Prophet and Sahaba and show to the Ahli Kitab The Jews and Christians that the Quran Al-Kareem is coming from a Continuous and unbroken chain of transmission of unbiar prior to it. This is a book that is coming from the same Rab who has sent same prophets for the same purpose of guiding humanity to heed and belief in the akhirah and belief in life after death. Alright? Okay, so we're here now then on verse number 59. <laughs> فقال يا قوم عبد الله ما لكم من إله غيره إني أخاف عليكم أذاب يوم عَذِينَ So Sayyidina Salam is saying that indeed that we sent Sayyidul Nusaylah to his community, and you will find that also that whenever the other Anbiya are mentioned, that they're sent to a community, where Sayyidina Rasulullah his wa was sent for all of humanity, right? So when he sent to his community, فَقَالَ and he told the community that, oh my community, obey or worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Malakum min ilahin ghayruhu, because you don't have any God. There is no God for you. Malakum, there is no being worthy of worship for you, for your benefit, for your sake, except for Allah subhanahu. And indeed, I am fearful over you. I, what do I fear for you? I fear alabayyomin adhim, that on that. So now this is the first time you've seen الدِّين being referred to as yomin أَذِيمٌ that there will be a tremendous day. And on that tremendous day, if you're not of the people who worshipped Allah subhanahu wa then the prophets are fearful that human beings are going to face a terrible punishment on that tremendous day. Then the leaders and chieftains and the elders from his community, they responded to him. Allahu Akbar. They said that what is our view? We view and we consider you, we view you to be, فِي mu مُبِينَ On complete and manifest clear misguidance. This was the response again. That indeed we see you and we view you and consider you to be on complete misguidance and an obvious error. So then Sayyidina Nuhal uh-huh. responded, qala That listen to me, I'm all oh my community, I'm not on any type of error. I'm not astray in the slightest of way. وَلَكِنِّي رَسُولٌ مِّن رَبِّ However, in fact, I am a prophet and a messenger from the Rabb of all the Alameen, from the Lord, Master, Creator, Cherisher, Sustainer of all of the universes and all of the worlds. Alright. Then he said to them, Rabbi, And I am delivering to you and bringing to you messages from my Rabb. وَأَنْسَهُ لَكُمْ and I'm doing that to counsel you and advise you sincerely, giving you nasiha. مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا And I have learned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those things that you have no knowledge about, that which you do not know. ajibtum أَنْ جَاءَكُمْ ذِكْرٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ ala rajulin مِنْكُمْ And does it surprise you that a revelation has come, uh, a revelation has come to you, Zikrun, a revelation, admonishment, advice has come to you from your Rabb. Allah, Rajulam minkum, Unto a man who is from amongst you. so that he may warn you. and so that you may have, so that you may become people of taqwa. Wala allukum turhamun, and so that you may become people who receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a general feature, this is the whole purpose of anbiya. Right, so that people number one get warned about that there is an afterlife and they have to prepare for that and they have to stay from sin so that they can become people of taqwa so they can fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he deserves to be feared, and so that they can get the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but unfortunately but his people, their community they called him a liar they repudiated him they rejected him then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says then we give him najah we saved him, we delivered him from an unjust community like that. maahu. So we saved him and those who were following him, those who were following him, fil fulki. Now Fulk is what they normally call Noah's Ark, right? This is that boat, that ship which Allah SWT told Sayyidina Nu to build and then to gather one male and female from all of the species at that time, right? So to sustain the animal race and that him and his rightly following companions and righteous Sahaba should go onto that boat Right? And which in normal English they call it the Ark. Right? Uh, in Arabic it is called Fulk. And uh, then Allah subhanahu wa calls the flood to fall over. And the Islamic view is actually, yes, a flood fell over the entire earth. Some commentators have said that no, the flood overtook the entire area of whatever the community of Sayyidina Nuhu Islam was. But as I mentioned to you when we talked about Kaaba, right? Because it's our view that the flood even... Mm, spread so far that it hit Makka Muqarama and that's why Sayyidina Ibrahim A.S. and his son had to re- reconstruct the Kaaba because it had been mm, fallen to pieces in the flood of Sayyidina Nuh A.S. وَأَغْرَقْنَا الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا <laughs> And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, cause to drown in that flood. Those who were repudiating and rejecting and denied and gave lie to, بِآيَاتِنَا our verses, and it also means our signs, verses our revelation and our signs. إِنَّهُ كَانُوا قَوْمًا أَمِينَ That indeed these people were what? They were a people that were blind. Now again, it doesn't mean literally blind, but it means they were blind to reality. And we say that in English as well, that you're blind to reality. Can't you see what's going on, right? So this is what it means, that they couldn't see, they couldn't, they were blind. And how blind were they? They were looking at Sayyidina Nuh salam in the eye, and they didn't recognize him to be a messenger of Allah SWT. So that's the type of blind. They couldn't perceive. They failed to perceive that he was a prophet. They failed to perceive the mercy of Allah SWT that he was talking about. Alright. That's it. That's all Allah Taala is going to say about Nuh salam here. Next comes the next prophet, وَإِلَىٰ Ad. Alright. Wa ila'ad, Ad is the name of a community. Acha hum huda. To Ad be sent their brother Hud. Alright, let me just make sure there's nothing I would say to you here. Okay. Wa Aden to this community called Ad. Now, Ald is known and mentioned to be extremely uh, a community of extremely strong and powerful people, almost like you get the feeling they were like giants, like you would say like giants in your fantasy novels, giants, right? Of big stature and tall and proud stature, right, and strong physical strength, right. So. And here they're going to be mentioned elsewhere in Surah Al-Fajr, Surah number 89, verse number 8. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that in terms of their physical stature and their physical features, the like of them was never created again. So in terms of they were the most physically superior race in the history of humanity. So to them they were sent their brotherhood. Now he was from amongst that community. That's what it means. Akhahum. Means their own brothers. It's not the brother of Nuh alayhi salam. Their brother means that from amongst the people of Ad, one of them, Allah Ta'ala selected for Naboot, and that was Sayyidina Hud, alayhi salam, called. So Sayyidina Hud, salam, is going to say the same thing, right, and this is a common theme you're going to see, that you're going to find different Anbiya using the exact same words. And especially this message of Tawhid, Ya Komit Badullah, that all my community you should worship Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Malakum min ilahin ghairuhu, and indeed for you, for your benefit, there is no other God except for Him. Afalat Taqoon, would it not be wonderful? Should you not become people who have Taqwa? Won't you become conscientious and God fearing? Same thing that the tribal leaders and elders and chieftains from his community who disbelieved. إِنَّا لَنَلَاكَ فِي That indeed we see you and we consider you and we view you to be on safahatin. That we think that you are on folly. You are speaking foolish things. That we view that you are on folly and on error. Alright. inna لَنَظُنَّكَ مِنَ And indeed we estimate you and we consider you to be amongst the liars. Qala then says responded Ya So exactly the same thing. They accused Nuh alayhi He said, I'm not like that. They accused him of being an error, right? Being a stray of the he said, I'm not in the law law. Here they accuse him of Safaha. So Sayyidina Hudulayya is saying, I'm not on any folly. I'm not on any misconception. I'm not fallen into any craziness. Walakini Rasulun min Rabbil Alameen. Same word. But indeed know that however, I am a messenger, a prophet from Rabbil Alameen, from that being who is the Lord, Master, Cherisher, Sustainer of all of the worlds and all of the universes and what am i doing oballahu lakum risalati rabbi exact same thing that i am delivering to you and bringing to you messages from my rabb Waana lakum nasiihun Amin. and i am a sincere counselor to you and i am Amin. i'm trustworthy i have your best interests best interest at heart aw ajibtum anjaakum dhikrum min rabbikum ala rajulun minkum li yunzirakum same, almost, almost the same Alexander words. It, does it surprise you? Does it bring you into wonderment? Why is it that you are amazed that would come to you an admonishment and a reminder and a revelation from your Rabb and that would become upon Allah <laughs> Rajul Minkum that would be bestowed upon a man from amongst you. Means that Sayyidina Hudu Islam is going to be selected from amongst the people of Al-Fur-Nabuwa. Waza'al <laughs> yunzirukum so that he may warn you. He may warn you. Guru. So what you should do, you should become people who remember. You should remember, and what should you remember? Guru in khulafa amim That you should remember that we made that after the community of Nuhalee Salam. Remember how Allah Subhanahu Taala made you their successors. So the suggestion here is that the people of Ad had some history. They knew some history. They knew the history of Nuhalee Salam. So if they had that history, they would have known that, that people, that was the community who disobeyed in their Prophet. So they, no, there are people who know of a history in which a Prophet is sent to a community, and that community disobeys in that Prophet, and then Allah Ta'ala sends a punishment on that community. So Allah Ta'ala is telling them that you should remember. Right? Okay. And then what happened that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala increased your stature? Allah increased you means in terms of your physical creation in your stature and your powers and your physical attributes. Bastata that Allah wa ta'ala widely, vastly expanded upon you, expansively increased your stature. Fatkuru Allahi La and you should remember Allah Allah means blessings. You should remember the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the bountings of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala on you, La so that you can also become people of success and facility, that you may become people who prosper and rejoice. <laughs> but what do they say? Have you, they're addressing to the Prophet, have you Sayyidina Muhammad? Have you come to us in order that we should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, singularly. And what you want, you want us to abandon and leave what our forefathers used to worship. So again, this is also showing you that another Nabi always comes when the community has gone astray. So they do have some stories of Sayyidina Nur, but this community of Ad has gone astray. And they've gone astray for some time, their forefathers were already worshipping ghayrullah by their own profession, right? And admission that their forefathers were worshipping something other than Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Fatina uduna in kunta mina So then they said to him that okay, bring us what you promise. Bring us what you have promised us in kunta mina sadiqeen if indeed you're amongst the people who are true. Alright. What does this mean? This means that they're saying that bring us that punishment. You've told us and you've given us this wa'id, right? Of that a punishment will befall us if we don't obey and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we we choose. We made our choice. We choose not to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We choose to continue worshipping whatever that false religion or false gods or false idols they and their forefathers were worshipping. And they tell Sayyidina Hudulayh directly to him go ahead and invite down upon us Call upon us that punishment that you have said that would come to us. Bring it on. That's what they're saying. <laughs> in very extremely arrogant terms. All right? Call. So now, and here actually in, in, in other, and it's not going to be the details here, but let me show you the details in other ayat. So in Surah Hamim Sajda, but that's coming very soon actually. No, Surah Hamim Sajda is much later in the Quran. There Allah SWT mentions that we sent a fierce windstorm against them. And to give them a taste of the humiliating punishment of the akhirah in this life. But know that the punishment of the akhirah is much more intense. And they will never ever be assisted. In Surah Kamar again Allah Ta'ala mentions the punishment sent to the people of Ad. Then indeed we sent to them a cyclone, torrentious winds. And uprooted people, leaving them as if they were just fallen trees, trunks of trees. Then in Surah 69, Surah Haqa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again mentions them as for they were destroyed by a tempestuous wind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent it upon them for seven nights and eight days, and everything in them was felled down, just like trunks of trees are felled down then in surah Al zariyat surah 51 verses 41 to 42 Allah wa Ta'ala mentions that there is a lesson in the story of the people of Ad when we sent a wind to them that was devoid of any good and it reduced everything it that wind reduced everything it encountered into smithereens it obliterated and surah ahqaf also Allah wa Ta'ala mentions many different places Allah wa Ta'ala mentions this punishment this is why uh, Amma Aisha radiallahu narrates in a in Sahih Muslim That Sayyidina Rasulullah all of a sudden if some clouds would gather He would get worried And his color of his face would change Because he thought that maybe Allah Ta'ala is going to send a punishment On these mushrikeen of maqam wa For them not believing in me Maybe Allah Ta'ala's Azab or punishment has come Although I'd mentioned to you and it's going to come in Qur'an al kareem That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish a community Punish Punish, did not punish that community because Sayyidina Rasulullah wa uh, was present amongst them and was with them. But he used to tell Ama Aishra that when she used to ask him that, oh my beloved, why are you so afraid? And he said that this is when I see this, I remember, right? I remember and I think and I recall the mention of the punishment that came to the people of Al, and I'm worried that such a punishment will come to my own people, all right? So Sayyidina Hudah then responded to them Responded to this challenge And what did he say That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has declared for you to be an abominated nation And Allah's wrath has already befallen you Has already befallen you That do you wish to engage in a debate with me Do you wish to dispute with me Dispute me or argue with me asma أَسْمَا Regarding names that you and your ancestors designated, and that means their names, he was referring to their idols, that your false gods are nothing but names. They're not realities. They're just names that you have invented, that you're arguing with me that you'd rather worship them as opposed to answering my call to you as the messenger of Allah, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are just mere names that you and your forefathers invented and fabricated and came up with. Ma biha min Sultan and no authority and warrant and nothing on no basis has Allah Ta'ala revealed for anything for Allah Ta'ala is not no basis has been revealed from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala about any of those named idols that you believe in. Fantadiru inni ma'akum. Then you should see that wait فانتذروا, why don't you wait then? Wait for that. If that's what you want, you said we'd rather wait for the punishment. Fantadiru squintzarkuru. Wait for the punishment. Inni ma'akum and I'll also wait. I'll also wait with you. Minal Munta I'll also wait. I will also wait for the promised punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come down upon you. So then what happened? anjay Nahu same thing that Allah Ta'ala says I saved him from the punishment, Sayyidina Hudla Ma'ahu, and those who were her righteous, his righteous followers, his companions, his sahaba, by means of a mercy that Allah Ta'ala sent down upon him From uh, Allah's from Allah Ta'ala's own self. دَابِرَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِأَيَاتِنَا وَمَا كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ And then Allah Ta'ala says that we cut down, we cut down, دَابِرَ every last one of those who disbelieved in our verses of revelation and signs, وَمَا كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ And those who had chosen this path that they were never ever believers. So Allah Ta'ala's punishment came on them. Now the Ta'ala is going to mention third, Third is Sayyidina Saleh salam. This is the community of Thamud. Thamuda Salih. Again, same, almost the same Arabic words, right? That to the community of Thamud, a Prophet was sent to them from their own selves, so from their brethren, their brother, literally their brother, Salih, Sayyidina Salih alayhi salam. All, what did Sayyidah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say to his community? يَا كُمْ إِبُدُ اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ Same thing, that all my community should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no other being, God, deity, worthy of worship, or of any benefit to you, except except who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كَدْ And indeed, a clear and manifest proof has come to you from your Rabb. هَذِهِ نَاقَتُ اللَّهِ لَكُمْ So this was a particular camel, she camel that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَكُمْ Ayatan, That is a sign for you. فَضَرُوْ هَا فِي اللَّهِ And you should leave it and let it graze and pasture and eat from the lands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا And you should not even touch her. You should not set a hand set a hand on her. Do nothing to her. Bisu in from your evil intentions if you would if you were to do so ya'khudhukum 'adabun 'adeem then allah Ta'ala's painful punishment will indeed come upon you <coughs> all right this is a long story of the camel of these people so what happened again the followers of Sayyidina uh, this is the community of thamud so, the community of Ad lived after the community of Nuh, alayhi salam. This is chronological. After the community of Ad, the community of Sayyidina Hud, alayhi Salaam, the community of Ad was destroyed by those hurricanes and winds that came for those nights and days. Then there was yet another community that came up, and that was this community of Thamud. And their Nabi was Sayyidina Saleh, alayhi salam. Alright. Now, when Sayyidina Saleh, when the people were not his people of the mood were not willing to accept him and follow him, then Sayyidina islam told them that a she camel, a pregnant female camel, would emerge from a mountain, and he explained to them that this was a sign from Allah, this is going to be a miracle. That out of nowhere, what it means for him, out of nowhere a camel is going to appear and she'll be pregnant, and you should not touch her, lay a hand on her, i.e. she's going to give birth. So this miracle took place. Now when they saw this, right, when they saw this they saw that the she-camel came. They should have believed, right? And here you see uh, the, the words in Arabic. Where is it? right? Literally, it's the camel of Allah. So this is also mentioned as a special grace that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed on this particular camel. And those of you who follow those things, right? there's mention of which animals will make it into Jannah. So one is the dog of the Ashab al Ka'f, One is this, Naqatullahi. Because of this nisbat. That is mentioned as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's she-camel. So this is also an animal that is going to make it into Jannah. Here, So, uh, now this camel was supposed to have been left to graze as it saw fit and to wander the lands freely. Right? And this is what Sayyidina Saleh a.s. told his people. But the people, they disliked the camel. And what did they do? They con- they made a plan to kill the camel. And they convinced two particular people. One, his name was Misda." And the other was named was Qudar. And when Mista attacked her, he cut her leg and the she camel fell down. And Kudar actually went and he killed her. And then the community all rushed in and they slaughtered and they all wanted a piece of the meat. They all wanted I mean this is like an evil thing. They all wanted to eat from that camel which was mentioned as Nakutullah. Now, according to some scholars of Tasir, when they killed her, the, the child that she, the baby camel that she had, was old enough to survive in the sense that it sort of, you know, came out and it fled up into the mountain. Alright. Now, when it fled up into the mountain, uh, the child escaped and climbed up to the mountain. Alright. Now, same thing is going to happen. When they do this, then they're going to say to Sayyidina Sallallahu Alaihi that, okay, why don't you invite on us whatever punishment you have promised us? Right. So both إِذْنْ is لَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِنْ amin ba Same thing. That remember this. Remember you should remember your history. Oh, people of that there was a community of and We destroyed them, and now we've made you their successors. And you don't want to repeat history. This is classic. All historians say: its purpose of history is to learn from its lessons and not to repeat its mistakes. So that's how Allah subhanahu is addressing them. But well, so this was that community that they have in there are some tours that take you to places in Yemen. And they say that this is the, what would you call it, the archaeological ruins of this community. Right of Thamud And what what is the feature of this community? This community they used to make their homes in the mountains, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying to them khair that we made you successors to Ad Wabawaqum and we and we gave you many, many dwellings on this earth, and you took from all of those dwellings a place to live in, and you made yourselves castles on the plains. Qusur is plural of Qasr, which means a castle or palace you made yourself castles and palaces on these vast plains. And second thing, what did you do? You also carved out dwellings or homes, built as literally homes and dwellings for yourself in the mountains. Guru Allah Allahi. Same thing and remember, then blessings of Allah Taala on you. وَلَا تَعْثَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And you should not disperse on this earth by doing evil and acting corruptly. Do not spread fitna and fasad on this earth. كَالُ الْمَلُؤُ الَّذِينَ اسْتَقْبَرُوا سَيْمْ مِنْ كُوْمِهِ And then those leaders and tribal chieftains from the community of Sayyidina Salih islam from this community of Thamud who had taqamur, to- who viewed themselves as too high and mighty and too haughty for any of these rulings to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what did they say? لِلَّذِينَ اسْتُذْئِفُوا لِمَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ أَتَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّ الصَّالِحَ So what they did is they said that to those who they considered to be weak and without power, what did they say to them? Mursalum Min Rabbihi. So they said to them that look, that do you know for sure that Saleh is Mursal has been sent, is an emissary sent as a messenger from his Rabb? Gallu. So they responded that yes, inna bima Ursila Bihi that we are indeed believers in every single thing that he has been sent with and everything that he has brought. Okay, Then those who were the arrogant ones of the community, the chieftains, what did they say? They responded by saying, That indeed we are, regarding those things that you have taken iman in, we are absolute unbelievers. So we disbelieve in what you believe in. So clear lines have been drawn now within the community, a group of mu'mineen, people who believe in Sayyidina Wasallam, and the others who are openly saying that they're unbelievers. So for Akaru is what I mentioned to you that they attacked her on the leg, they struck her on her leg. Wa an and thus they defied the command of their Rabb, that Allah SWT told them not to touch her. they said that O Salih, ya Yasale Tina Bima Taeduna. Go ahead and bring upon us. Bring upon us that which you had promised us would befall in kuntaminal min al if indeed you were amongst the messengers, someone who has been sent from Allah SWT. فَأَخَذَتْهُمُ الرَّجْفَةُ فَأَصْبَهُ فِي دَارِهِمْ جَاثِمِينَ So in this case, what does Allah SWT Punishment sends on them a punishment from the earth. The earlier group, there was a punishment from the wind. Here is a punishment from the earth and earthquake. So an earthquake overwhelmed them and overcame them and seized them, such that fa literally I've told you before means that they woke up in the morning. Fa asbahu means but here means that, such that they became fi دَارِهِمْ jasimin, such that they became completely shattered and they just lay prostrate and they just fell down in their very homes. Just an earthquake overwhelmed them when they were in their own homes. But and you see this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now three different punishments: it's the community of New, alayhi salam with water. The community of salam uh, with wind, air, and the community of Sayyidina Saleh with earth. So it means Allah has power over the natural elements. And he can use the natural elements as a form of punishment upon people. And this is indeed then when actually the end of time will come you can imagine that that cataclysmic moment of the end of time when the earth will be folded up, that will be a combination of hurricane and earthquake and flood and every type of natural disaster that one can imagine. Okay? فَتَوَلَّا أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَةَ لَا تهبون So then what happens is now Sayyidina na. Uh, Islam. Uh, then he turned away from them And he told to them that Oh my community Indeed I have delivered to you The message of my Rasalat The message of my Rabb And I have advised you However you seem to be people You seem to be people Who don't love the sincere advisors So this is also a thing That happens This is an attribute of unbelievers That لا That that they don't like the people who give them advice They don't like it They don't want to hear anybody talk to them about prayer They don't want anybody to talk to them about Allah SWT They don't want anybody to remind them to pay their zakah They don't want anybody to tell them to go for hajj They don't want anybody to tell them about the lifestyle that a Muslim should have They don't like it They don't want to hear it They don't like to go to places like that And Sayyidina Rasulullah SAW actually mentioned That it's a sign of the end of time that when a person who is trying to invite them to good with justice and even with however kind and soft and gentle the person will speak, they won't like it. They don't like to hear it. So they have to be dragged, right? And some of our women folk they do that, right? They love to drag their relatives. So they have to drag people. And then when they drag, they don't like it. They don't like to hear it. <speaking> the mouse This is how Pakistani people talk. This is how Pakistani people talk. Ye kya hai? Akbar. it's Qur'an. <laughs> that's what they're talking about Qur'an like that. You can't see Baaltia muji leg it Hm? Akbar. That's what that's Allah Allah saying in Qur'an. It's a universal kalam pre-eternal, eternal, that book of truth which existed for all past forever and will exist forever that what is the attribute of disbelievers Lā تُحِبُّونَ النَّاسِهِينَ so Sayyidina Salah is saying you don't like, you seem he's saying I've talked to you so nicely I brought you all the messages from my Rabb I'm advising you, I'm your well-wisher I'm sincere, I'm giving you advice but this is what I see in you وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ you don't love the people who give you advice you have no, you have not, fo- no fondness, no fondness for that which, that in which lies your own benefit. You rather just follow your own whims and desires and fancies in your own lifestyle, and you want that nobody should bother you, and that nobody should tell you anything. If you want that, then what's going to happen when you enter your grave? What's going to happen when you stand in front of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? That's when you needed those, to follow those advices. So yes, in this world you can live and let live and do whatever you want and say, don't bother me, I won't bother you. But what are you going to do when you stand there? Are you going to tell us Allah? Allah, hmm? Allah says, you live and let live and you have your arsh and kursi and let me live and let live and don't bother me and I won't bother you. Huh? Can somebody say that to Allah? I don't think so. I don't think so. So we should always be scared that even if there are verses that are talking about unbelievers, we should look at what are those characteristic traits. Do I have that in my heart? Do I have that sifat? Is that sifat in me? And I'm telling you, this sifat is to be found amongst Muslims today. They don't like it, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to know about it. They want you to keep this. It's like this, they say, Lukum it's like, it's like, that's like how they, they don't say it. Some of them actually say it that bad, right? But that's what they... they don't want anything to do with it. And Allah Ta'ala is showing that well, how could you not want anything to do with what is good for you, with what is best for you, with what is noble for you, with what is virtuous for you, with what is pure for you, with what is excellent for you. How could you not want something to do with that? Okay. Next Allah Subhanahu is going to mention another Nabi. This is Sayyidina Lut alayhi salam. Sayyidina Lut alayhi salam. Alright, all of you know this. right? If anything, this is one thing of one Prophet's community that everybody seems to know. Alright? So then there was Sayyidina Lut. Alayhi salam. So when he said to his community, Atatun al-Fahishata, that are you going to do and commit and perpetrate this indecency, this immorality, immorality this lewd act? And interestingly, now watch Quran. Ma sabakakum biha min ahad min al that no one in the entire universe has done this act before you, so the Quran is making it clear that this sin, right, this sin of and this is called known as the sin of homosexuality, originated in these people to whom Lut alayhi salam was sent. At the same time, it also shows you look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa taala that there's a group of people who begin a new sin altogether. Allah taala doesn't give up on them. Allah Ta'ala doesn't let them go. Allah Ta'ala sends a prophet to them. Allah Ta'ala sends a prophet to them to guide them, to warn them, to counsel them, to invite them, to tell them that Allah is the merciful one and can forgive them also. This is something to think about, right? And this is sometimes also this feeling, this particular thing, مَا سَبَقَكُمْ بِهَا مِنْ أَهَدٍ مِنَ alameen, That the person should always feel that I don't want to be the first person who does sin. You know, I remember when I was traveling with my sheikh in the jungles of Africa. I I got this feeling, and I thought that I mean, I don't want to. I'm going in places where I don't know if any human being has been for centuries. I don't want to be the first person who does any sin over here. But then, is in me about that, right? You think like that when you get a new place, new house. You want to be the first person to sin in this house. You want to be the first person to sin in that newly built hostel. You want to be the first person who committed that sin in that dorm room. Hmm? That's how it should be a feeling we should have. I don't want to be the first person who ever committed a sin in this place. Who knows who was that first person whose musical tone went off when he was doing Tawaf and the kamba? There must have been somebody recently in the last five ten years, right? We don't want to be the first people to do sin. Right? This is also, it's, it shows this is a status. It's not a good status. Otherwise, being having precedence is normally a good thing if you're doing something good. You don't want to be the first to do sin. You want to be the first one to sin in that with that particular computer. You want to be the first one who ever sinned in that lab. You want to be the first one who ever sinned in that way. You want to be the first in your family who ever made that sin. You want to be the first sheikh in your line who ever committed that sin. You want to be the first student of tafsir in the history of Islam who ever committed that sin, right? Allah Akbar, you want to be the first office of Quran who ever committed that sin. You want to be the first darwala who ever did that sin. Hmm. We should think. We should all these things. We should be terrified, terrified, terrified. I don't want to impurify. I'm coming from a chain of ummah. I'm coming from chain of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I don't want to be the first ummati of my Nabiyyu Akhirin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who did that sin. Allahu Akbar. So Sair Sifatul Lutul uh continues. الرِّجَالَ شَهْوَةً مِنْ Right? مِنْ That indeed you لَأْتَعْتُونَ Shahwatan Means that you carry out your desire, you take out your desire, you fulfill your desire with men, مِنْ instead of with women. Alright? بَلْ أَنْتُمْ Musrifun. But rather indeed you are a community who have Done Israf, you have gone astray, you have transgressed, you have exceeded, Right? Sometimes in English they say you're wanton. You know, wanton means oh, you're wanton people. You've gone way what far from the mark. So unfortunately, there was none other was the response of his communities. People's only answer was to say, Ankalu that what did they say? أَخْرِجُوهُمْ أَخْرِجُوهُمْ <clears throat> مِنْ That expel them, kick them out from your town, from, that, from your city. إِنَّهُمْ يتطهرون That indeed they are people who keep themselves clean. Even they acknowledge. So what does it mean? This means that the people of the, that community, what was their response? They didn't hearken. They didn't listen to Sayyidina Ruhl Islam They kicked Sayyidina Ruhl Islam and his righteous followers who weren't engaging in that act. They kicked them out. They kicked their Prophet and his followers out. And what did they say? They even said, <laughs> look what they even said, and accurately, in whom the there are people, on they are human beings, there are such people, يتطهرون, who keep themselves pure. Even they realize, that we are people, who we want to be impure. That's why I use the word wanton. We are lewd, wanton, derelict. And these people are normal, and they want to be pure and virtuous. So they kick Sayyidina Lut alayhi and his people out. So then what Allah ta'ala says, فَأَنْجَيْنَاهُ And we save Sayyidina Lut alayhislam. وَأَهْلَهُ Right? And this can mean uh, his family. Illam رَأَتَهُ Alright, except for his wife. Now you didn't have this feature, although it's coming in Sayyidina Nuh Salam Sayyidina Salam's son is not saved. Right? That's going to come later in Surah Tanul, But most of you would have known that enough. You know about the history of the Prophets. Here Sayyidina Nuh wife is not saved. min al الْغَابِرِينَ She was amongst those who lagged behind. Who lagged behind, who stayed behind, who stayed back. Right, She chose, in other words, to stay back with that community. Now, Allah knows what this means, right? Because, I mean, she's a woman. So, clear, but it's in Qur'an, right? That this was her choice. So, she chose not to go. Now, imagine it's so difficult for any person to have a wife who is not guided for a Nabi, for a Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To have a wife who doesn't follow him. This is why you see the shan of Ummu Mu'mineen Khadija رضي الله عنها, Ummu Mutmainin Aishah رضي الله Compare, mashallah, the azwaj muttaharat, such noble, pious wives, Allah subhanahu bestowed upon Nabiyyu akrami sallallahu and look at the test, incredible test that Allah taala inflicted on an earlier Nabi, saying alaikum that your own wife stays behind, and he knows that the punishment is coming. He knows that. You know that your wife is going to have to have that punishment. So here's the bana, So literally it means we caused a torrential downpour of rain to befall them. Indeed you should look and reflect upon what is the outcome and what is the final outcome of the doers, of the wrongdoers, of those who are guilty of sin. Right? So it means the punishment came on them as well. And Allah Ta'ala is specifically mentioning that the punishment came on the wife of Sayyidina Lut alayhi salam as well. Lots of tafsir mentioned in the books, and some of it is also derived from Biblical and Judaic narratives as well. Here are some fikih ahkam as well, but I did that for you before, I think, so no need to repeat that over here. Okay, some have mentioned that this rain is what you would in English call a hailstorm. So a hailstorm came down on them. And that's what caused them to die. Because you know when it comes, to, it's like a bullet. It's like a bullet. So the pieces of ice, when they come at such speed, it's like a shower of bullets came down upon them. So they were riddled with hail. That's another way you could translate Wa Amtarna That they were riddled with hail from a hailstorm. Okay, next Allah Father is going to mention yet another Prophet, Sayyidina Shoaib Alayhi وَإِلَىٰ مَدْيَنَا أَخَاهُمْ شُعَيْبًا That to this community of Madian, right, they was sent to them again a Nabi from amongst their own selves, from their own brethren, Sayyidina Shu'aib alayhi Salam sallam, Sayyidina Shu'aib alayhi said the same thing, يَاكُمْ اِبْدُ اللَّهَ Min مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ That you, O oh, my community, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship Him alone. And there is no God other than Him for you, for any benefit for you, for any attraction to you. And indeed, a clear and manifest sign has come to you, a clear proof has come to you from your Rabb. And you should be true and just whenever you measure and whenever you weigh. Right? Okay. It should be true and just whenever you measure and whenever you weigh. So this isn't just, I did hear, I've already explained this to you before. This, These words came up before, yesterday or day before. This means when people, for example, when you're selling food, if you say it's one kg weight, it should be one kg. And you, if you give somebody three yards of fabric, it should be three yards. And it also means you don't do any type of milawat. And I give you lots of stories, I remember, of milawat. You should not have any adulteration, admixturation, false advertising, frauding, Right, all of that is meant here in wal-mizan that you should be true and you should completely fulfill, give full measure and weight. tabkhasu nasa ashia and do not withhold from people and deprive people from their things, i.e. the things that are rightly theirs. fil-ard ba'da and same thing and do not. Spread sedition and violence and discord on earth after peace had been established on it. This would be better for you in kuntum Mu'minin if indeed you were truly believers. So what did they do? Instead, Abba Allah saying do not sit Literally means, do not sit by every path, do not sit by every road, eduna. again this wa'ad, same thing, threatening with punishment, threatening and harassing, What an-sabila and stopping and diverting and averting people from the path that leads to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So who were they averting and who were they threatening? Man bihi, they were doing that to those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What the and what were the, and these and why were this community of madian doing it? I did this for you before, they were seeking some crookedness, curvature, they were seeking distortion, they were trying to create distortion in the way that leads to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Watkuru il kuntum kalilan and remember that time when you were few in number and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made you abundant. He made you grow. Onezuru ke fakana akibatul musidu And why don't you look and reflect on what is the outcome that has befallen the people who spread fasad, corruption, and sedition? When kana ta'ifatun minkom amanu biladhi ursiltu bihi wa ta'ifatun lam yuminu. So now Sayyidina na tene shabe la islam. Is telling his people that, okay, now there's a group of you, if there's a group of you who believe in what I've been sent with, and there's a group of you which don't believe, لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا فَاسْبِرُوا حَتَّى يَحْكُمَ اللَّهُ بَيْنَنَا That why don't we wait, be patient, until Allah Ta'ala decides, Allah Ta'ala will settle this matter between us. And indeed, وَهُوَ خَيْرُ hakimin. Indeed, Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala is the best of judges. All right al Al الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا min Same thing that the tribal leaders, chieftains of the Com of Sayyidina Shoaib alayhi salam, those allatheena astakbaru min kawmihi, those who felt they were too high and mighty, they didn't need this Prophet, they didn't need that Allah, they didn't need that worship of Allah, they didn't need these things, they viewed this stuff with contempt and contrition and with condescension. So min kawmihi from amongst his community, that okay, what we are going to do, surely and certainly, we are going to expel you, O Shubaib, and all of those who are believe, believe in you, from our towns, from our cities, from our lands. Alright? Okay. Oh, لتاودن في ملتنا. Or the other option is or you should certainly revert and return back to our millet. And I did this with you before in detail, millet as opposed to Deen. That you should revert back to our ways. And our way is a way in which there is no need for a God or worship for a God or for a Prophet of God or for following a prophet. So either you revert back to our ways or we are going to expel you and even and, and all those who are with you. So Qa'l Sayyidina Shueba said to them أَوَلَوْ كُنَّا كَارِحِينَ And what if or even if we were kariheen, we dislike this. It's, it's repugnant to us. Returning back to your ways is absolutely repugnant to us. We are averse to that. So then, قَرِفْتَرَيْنَا أَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا That indeed we have fabricated against Allah SWT a lie in udna فِي مِلَّتِكُمْ If we were to turn back to your ways. In other words, we would be, we would be liars. We would be proven to be untrue. If we first said Allah wants you to worship Him and now we turn back, it means that we would have been making all this stuff up if we were to turn back to you. After the fact that Allah ta'ala has saved us from you and your ways and your false beliefs, and it does not befit us, it is not possible for us, it is not for us to return to it. Illa أَنْ يَشَاءَ Allahu Rabbuna unless it was the will of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala who is our Rabb. Now what does this mean? It doesn't mean in any way that Allah Ta'ala would ever will them to go back. It's part of number one, it's their it's their humility. That they're saying, look, we don't do anything unless it's the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And humility means that it's we want to be steadfast in iman, but if Allah Ta'ala wills to deprive any of us of iman and make us an apostate, that's the will of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. We have no power against that. And secondly, it means that we are now after accepting iman, we don't do anything except it's the wish of our Rabb. So even if we were to turn back, we would only turn back if it was the wish of our Rabb. Alright? Okay. وَسِيَ رَبُّنَا كُلْنَ شَيْءٍ ilma, And our rub has made expansively clear to us in terms of knowledge, has granted us extremely vast and expansive knowledge about each and every single thing. أَلَى And on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Uh, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We trust and we depend. Okay, wasaya Rabbana kullu shayin ilma that every single thing is made open and expansive to our Rabb in terms of ilm. He knows every single thing, and on our Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will we turn in our trust and reliance and dependence. Then He made a dua, Rabbana wa bayna kaumina bilhaki wa anta khairul that oh our Rabb, you know, adjudicate, decide make clear the matter between us and between us and between our community, according to justice, and indeed you are the most, the best of adjudicators, the best of deciders, the best of rendering all matters clear and open. And then said the tribal chieftains who disbelieve from the qaum of Sayyidina Shwayab Allah Salaam, <laughs> so they told their whole community that if any one of you chooses to follow Sayyidina salam, then you will be losers. You will be, I mean, there's, it's the same word the Quran uses about them, but you will be إِذَا sirun. you will surely and certainly be losers. فَأَخَزَتْ الرَجْفَةُ فَأَصْبَحُوا فِي دَارِهِمْ So same thing, then earthquake, same punishment that came on. A, which one was the earlier one? Before Lut, for Lut, was the hailstorm uh, on the people of, on Seinahudleisim's community. An earthquake overcame them such that they felt literally that they woke up prostrate in their homes. It means that the earthquake overcame them all of a sudden, and they were just felled down while they were in their very own homes. ka kaallam fiha. And indeed, those who reputed Shu'aib A.S. was as if they they never they were never ghani. That they were never ever prosperous in those places. They were rendered so flat by the earthquake, it was as if there was no, no memory. No one would see. You wouldn't feel that there was a prosperous community that lived here, that these people were ghani. الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا شَعِيْبًا كَانُوا هُمُ الْخَاسِرِينَ Indeed, no, it is those who repudiate and rejected and falsified and belittled Sayyidina Shu'aib A.S., it is indeed them who were the people who suffered complete and absolute total loss. So then Sayyidina Suhaib alayhi islam then turned away from his community and then he turned away from them, those tribal chieftains and makala and said, Ya qawmi, O my community. That indeed I have delivered to you, I have made reach you, the messages from my Rabb. And I have been given, I've given sincere uh counsel and advice to you then how is it how is it uh how can i continue to care about or worry about uh, a kum kafirin a community of unbelievers illa ahlaha La Allahum yadraun. Allah subhanahu wa taala is speaking third person. So the tales have ended after mentioning these successive different prophets and their messages, and they all said almost almost identical, very similar things. Their communities responded in almost similar identical ways, and punishments came upon all of them. So then Allah subhanahu then says, and when whensoever we send to any community min Nabiyin, from when we send any prophet to any community. We seize its people. إِلَّا أَخَزْنَا Except that we seize the people, means the people who disbelieve in that Prophet. بِالْبَصَاءِ وَالضَّرَائِ With hardship and misfortune. With misfortune and adversity and trial. لَلَّهُمْ يَذَرَّعُونَ So that they may become people who are humble. Remember? an wa khufya. So يَذَرَّعُونَ So that they may be humbled. They may be humbled in front of Allah taala. This is also, right... And message that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not acting out of spite, because Allah ta'ala is mustaghni. He is ghani. He doesn't need any of these communities or any of their worship or any of their iman. He does it out of hidayah. And you saw that. That for every next community, he said, "Don't you remember that you, what happened to the community before? And you were their successors. And now that Allah Taala has made the earth Islam, now that He has corrected and removed corruption from earth, again you want to spread fasad in it." So the punishment of the previous communities was not out of spite, was to make a mark out of them, so that perhaps the people, later people would learn lessons from them and would be humbled by it. But then they still weren't humbled by it. Then they themselves were made a lesson out of them. Then again the next group wasn't still humbled by it, and this continued. But at the same time, obviously, because each prophet has been mentioned as having ma'ak and those who believed in them, right? So there may have been people who did maybe the reason they took iman on those prophets was because they were taking the lessons from what happened to the past communities. All right. ثُمَّ بَدَلْنَا مَكَانَ السَّيِّئَةِ ثُمَّ بَدَلْنَا مَكَانَ السَّيِّئَةِ الْحَسَنَةَ حَتَّىٰ أَفَوْ وَقَالُوا كَدْ مَسَّىٰ أَبَاءَنَ الظَّرَّاءُ وَالصَّرَّاءُ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْدَةً وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ here Allah says, then we replace their afflictions with benefit. We replaced their, this dhala and ba'sa with hasana. We know we sent our grace and favors upon them. This we did for you before. Remember, hatta, oh, فَرُهُ بِمَا أُوتُ Such that they become happy and rejoice over what has been given to them. This is another way of Allah's punishing people. That He gives them, Juhu Kassanah, right? So Allah Ta'ala, instead of afflicting them with heart adversity, He gave them reprieve. He let them enjoy. He let them enjoy until so much so uh, that they were relieved. And then they were... The here doesn't mean that they were forgiven. It means until they were relieved. Okay? It means they were relieved from their hardships. Okay? wakalu. what did they say? Kad massa aba'ana That okay, these hardships and adversities and trials and tribulations, they used to afflict our forefathers. They used to afflict our forefathers. And they thought that they were home free from that. Right? And they took the mistaken view that, you know, then we must be fine because hardship and adversity hasn't affected us. So then what happens? Allah Ta'ala says, and then we seized them. We seized them all of a sudden. We seized them where they had no... they didn't see it coming. There was no precursor hardship. There was no adversity, test, child, tribulation building up to it. We in fact gave them all types of ease, all types of reprieve. Such that they thought that, yes, these are things of the past. And we are living and enjoying our life of creature comforts. فَأَخَزْنَاهُمْ بَغْدَةً And Allah says, and we seized them all of a sudden. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ And they were caught entirely unawares. They were completely unaware of it altogether. ثُمَّ وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَىٰ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقُوْ وَاتَّقَوْ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بِبَرَكَاتٍ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَكِن كَفَرُوا فَأَخَزْنَاهُمْ بِمَا bima'akan يَكْسِبُونَ Well if it was were were not the people of all of these villages and communities, if only they had believed and they had feared Allah, then Allah said we would have opened up for them barakatim as sama. We would have opened up and showered upon them blessings from the realms that lie above, and we would have given them all of the blessings that lie in this earth. But however, instead, Gaddabu, they chose to deny Allah, reject the signs of Allah, repudiate the prophets of Allah. Allah, Fa therefore Akhadana whom Allah tal says and we seize them, Bima we seize them with our punishment, Bimakanu Yaksibun due to by due to all of the things that they used to do. Afa Amina Ahlul Qur Ayatihum Ba'sana Bayatum Wahumna Imun that does it not befit that the people of the cities should believe in Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Do the people of the cities feel in a state of aman? Do they feel that they're safe and secure? Do they feel they're safe and secure from Allah Ta'ala's bringing to them His punishment in the middle of the night? While they're sleeping. Alright? Or, أَفَأَمِنُوا أَوْ أَمِنَ أَهْلُ الْقُرَىٰ أَنْ يَأْتِيهُمْ بَأْسَنَا ذُهَاوْا وَهُمْ Yalabun. Or do they feel secure from the fact that Allah Ta'ala can bring His punishment onto them in the day? وهم Yalabun And they are running around playing and doing their, pursuing their idle and vain pursuits. Or do they feel safe? Overall, do they feel safe from the strategy of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala from the decree of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala? Right? No. فَلَا يَأْمَنُوا مَقْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Nobody views themselves beyond the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ability of Allah subhanahu ta'ala to send either hurricane or hailstorm or earthquake or any type of punishment. And nobody is deceived by the fact that temporarily Allah may not be punishing them and may have given them bounties and blessings in this world. Nobody lets that deceive them and think that they are somehow protected from the promised, pro- promised punishment of Allah wa ta'ala, إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Except indeed a community that is in a state of complete and absolute utter loss. Alright. So we'll stop over here. We're stopping at Surah Al-Araha, verse number 99. Subhanallahu Alaihi Wasallam wa Siddhna Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem We learned from all of these communities That you have mentioned in Quranul Kareem Ya Allah, let us not follow in their footsteps Let us not spurn and reject The teachings of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Let us not be idle or think we have no need For the teachings of Deen and teachings of Quran Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us not be haughty Let us not be prideful Let us not be self-sufficient Ya Allah, we want that you place in our heart The feeling that we are nothing more And nothing other than your in your fakir, that we are your needy, ultimately needy and ultimately dependent on you, that we have complete and absolute, utter and ultimate need of you. And we are absolutely dependent upon you. And Ya Rabbi, Karim, that we are needy and dependent upon the guidance that you have put in Quran Kareem, the guidance that you have put in the Sunnah of Nabiya Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Rabbi Karim, let us be true to him, let us not be untrue to him. Let us be loyal and follow loyal followers of him. Let us not be disloyal renegades who turn away from him. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, it is only your mercy, and only your decree, and only your wish that you have saved your punishment from coming upon any one of us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask your forgiveness for our lives of disobedience. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept these fasts of Ramadan. We ask that you accept these moments of obedience that we offer to you. We ask that you accept these hours in which we stay away from food and drink. That, Ya Allah, perhaps you may have yet... Have mercy upon us and that we have hope in ourselves that we are able to obey you, that we're able to fast for your sake and in your name. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us obey each and every one of your command as perpetually as you enable us to fast perpetually from Fajr to Maghrib on this day. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you accept our fast in the month of Ramadan. Make it a means of softening our heart. Make us a means of inclining our heart towards the deen. Make us a means of increasing our hearts in our remembrance of you And our love for you And our passion for you Ya Rabbi Kareem We are tired We are tired and weary of being dispassionate Muslims We are tired and weary of being critical Muslims Ya Rabbi Kareem We wish to give ourselves up to you We wish to give ourselves up to our deen Ya Allah we ask you to accept us in this month of Ramadan al-Kareem As you are our Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah it is only your Karam and Fazl upon us That you could accept us for this deen Ya Allah we ask that you increase us on our Iman Increase all of our families in our iman Increase us in our capacity to hear nasiha Increase us in our desire to hear nasiha Soften our hearts towards the nasiha of the deen Put a place in our heart for the nasiha of the deen Let us submit our lives to the nasiha of the deen Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem Rabbana takabbal minna innaka anta al-sameel al-aleem Wa tubu alayna innaka anta al-tawab Wa sallallahu وَعَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ حَبِيبِهِ سَيَدْنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاہِمِينَ